You said you didn't have a a queer worst. I definitely do. So. Uh, no, a queer as in there was multiple. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, not sure the last three that I watched. Uh, I think I picked the last three to watch for a reason. Uh, you know what? I was kind of on the same mindset, although I didn't know much about some of them going into them. Let's like I was okay. Yeah, I was about to say because we, we there's enough to talk about because if we can go through about you know the whole mind process picking them out too about. Yeah, absolutely. Just sort of our like expectations for it. So I think we should do the. I know we're not recording, but I think we should just do the list, and then we can kind of hop in and whatever stories you want. Because there are, I got plenty of stuff. Like Nightmare Alley, I saw way before we even knew we were gonna do this. So oh yeah, there's, there's so much stuff to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, with like Dune two. Um, yeah. Well, just Dune one. Mm-hmm. Do Dune one out of two. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. <Yeah. laughs> that was a slip on my part. Um. <laughs> So yeah, welcome everyone to the uh, 17th episode of the Neon Crew Podcast. My name is Kyle. Oh my God, and we're legally allowed to drive. Yeah. Happy happy uh, birthday to us, um, even though it's like every two weeks we get a birthday, feels like. That is true. We need to start getting cake. Yeah. By cake the, every two weeks. <laughs> it's not a great diet. No, I mean, it's the best diet, is <laughs> what you mean. That's true. I mean, I couldn't argue with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Mac, by the way. Hi, Mac. you guys didn't notice my nasally drone oh are you a little sickly nope just me oh it's your <laughs> it's your mac scent <laughs> yeah as, well, uh, as someone at work calls it at least like when they're like oh max in the room it's not because of a smell or you know because i'm cussing or anything it's like you could just hear me mm-hmm. you know well you've got a very distinct voice i <clears throat> i always when i listen back to my own voice i always think man i fucking sound like the kid from two and a half men when he like gets older oh damn like that's that's the same kind of voice that i have yours is very like kind of unique i feel like there's a little bit of like maybe a little bit of youper in there yeah maybe some like east coast stuff going on yep although i'm pretty sure you didn't grow up over there not at all um so (laughs) that's part of watching enough scorsese films growing up (laughs) i guess that is part of it yeah if i had watched goodfellas enough times i might have had the same way of speaking yeah (laughs) um but it it is a it is a very distinct voice and i've watched a video of your brother speaking and he kind of speaks a little bit of the same way yeah i feel like yours is a little more distinct just based on like the one video i've seen your brother yeah it's yeah yes yep uh, distinct better or worse distinct is always good uniqueness uh uh-huh. you know that's yeah, you, how you, i spin it you set yourself apart because i don't think i know anyone personally who talks like you do i don't either <laughs> which is disturbing why people think i'm slower than most oh <laughs> i don't think that at all i think there we go quick on the draw i love it quick draw mclean um so today we're going to be going through our list of the best picture nominations for uh, the Academy Awards of the year 2022. Um, so we watched all of these films. We watched all 10 of them. And yes. we have we have our thoughts. We have our opinions of which is the best, which is definitely not the best. Uh, and we're going to we're going to pretty much find out what each other's like rankings are um, for these movies. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious. Um, one, I've never I don't think I've ever in one year just said I'm gonna watch all ten best pictures mm-hmm. to try to get a feel. I never get a feel for the Academy or what was going on in that year. I mean, this has this stuff has a little bit of a feel of kind of like a year encapsulated of twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. Um a lot of maybe some of the strife that was going on, some of the, the, the political 
definitely political culture mm-hmm. uh and then some of the you know the the um socioeconomic stuff yeah you know so <clears throat> um, a lot of the big picture issues um, yeah like they were like i yeah, we're just going to grab them. Yeah. We're going to grab them. We'll throw them in here. Now you got 10 to choose from. And then the one that we find is going to be most uh, reflective of 2021, which I probably wouldn't uh, disagree with. But <laughs> <there it, clears throat> yeah, so okay, it was pretty exciting, though. I mean, I was. it's the first time I ever did it and felt like a little bit of a challenge. So, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. As much as I didn't enjoy it, I was gonna say the like part of the fun for me was like just kind of scraping time together to like find to watch these films because yeah, I, I would choose some films based on like the time I had that day. So like for example, Drive My Car. I was I started that movie probably like I don't know two weeks ago maybe, mm-hmm. and I saw that it was three hours. I was like. All right, I am definitely not watching that one. Let's try <laughs> Belfast yeah. because that's a shorter film. And uh, I ended up saving Drive My Car to be last because I had the most amount of time yesterday to watch that movie, even right. though I had to like stay up late and go into work the next morning pretty early for it. Um, definitely felt the effects of it at work today, let me tell you. Um, felt like I was riding in a car for an hour you know at work you know just for most of it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. pretty much yeah from being just most relatable blasted. to that guy yeah yeah most relatable to him and the girl um yeah so we can uh we can kind of like just get into uh well first do you want to like touch on like the oscars itself maybe just a little bit sure like, well i mean after going back through it and watching <clears throat> uh, watching these films and seeing a lot of the crossover there was between like Doom, I think we had already seen. Mm-hmm. Doom was one that we talked about right when it came out. Yep. And all of the special effects and the sound effects that it got and the cinematography, I believe it got cinematography. Yeah, it won like six awards, I think. All technical, I believe. Yeah, all, like, most of them technical. I think the only one that wasn't was the score. Okay. Um, yeah, but other than that, like all of it was very like technical, cinematography, sound, editing. Which, I, I mean... For myself, I was not shocked at all. No, me neither. Not just, not in the slightest. Just because, like, when we were, I think after we watched it, I even I made the comment of like I felt like I was on a different universe, mm-hmm. which I think is incredible when a film can take you out of your living room or the theater and say like, I mean, literally they could have been like, "This is South America," mm-hmm. and I would have been like, "I've never been there. This is like amazing. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing." Yeah, you know. I mean, so it was just it wasn't you know you don't go through the streets like in uh, you know Belfast and you're like, "Oh man, that could have been like downtown Muskegon in the 1970s." Right. You know, like it was pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And and I was watching uh I was watching an Oscar winner highlights uh right before you came over actually. Oh. And uh, the moment where they announced like the winner for the best original score mm-hmm. for dune uh they like had a quick montage or no it wasn't that it was um special effects of course right because obviously music it wouldn't relate to what i'm about to say but they showed like a montage of like all the different like special effects that like went into it and i was very surprised that i i learned that some things in that movie were special effects and not real like i, I oh for sure i watched it and i was like wait that's a special effect that wasn't that wasn't for real that like, wasn't designed that wasn't they didn't they didn't like that set up. that up they didn't have that many people there <laughs> like it was it was really surprising but in a good way because yeah. i look at that movie and i think oh that's just that's just something practical for sure yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's it's it, it, that one was remarkable mm-hmm. um 
you know, uh, everything that happened with Will Smith. Yeah, there um, is that. That definitely uh, overshadowed it. I want to ask you. Okay. Because you actually watched it. Um, I know that uh, a lot of people were apprehensive about Amy Schumer being the host. Uh, I, I feel like, was that, I mean, I can just imagine how cringy it probably was or not with her? funny. Yeah. She was all right. I didn't, there was, you know, with her, with most comedians, it's going to hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And I think there are different, different comedians that have a different range or array of emotions that they'll get out of you. Cause I think the more credibility you have or the funnier people perceive you, the more of like a sympathy laugh you'll get mm-hmm. or kind of the, the like whatever, you know? Um, and I don't know if she has that or not, just because I'm not a big Amy Schumer person. I was going to say, like, I think it's probably one of those cases where a lot of people online don't like her because yeah. obviously like with the joke stealing and all that, that she does. Sure. Um, but the general population probably just looks at her and goes, oh, she was in that funny movie that I liked called Trainwreck. I like her. I'll watch this. She yeah. makes some good, good laughs talking about her vagina all the time you know yeah she, she's not afraid to kind of hit the <laughs> dive into stuff i guess i don't know <laughs> i'm not i don't i don't see her one way or another like when they came <clears throat> it was her um i can't remember the other oh there was wanda sykes and uh regina hall yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um like most oscars a lot of the jokes are hit or miss like yeah. i think every time i watch it there's always something where i'm like knee slapping i'm like dang that's pretty clever and then there's other times where regina hall had a joke where she was bringing up guys that she wanted to like date or screw from you know like tinder like just oh. making jokes and that was like four minutes of kind of awkwardness <laughs> i was like i don't know if there's a punchline, and then there wasn't so, yeah that's kind of how i expected that sort of thing to be but you know i mean there's always wanda sykes had some funny stuff i mean they went to like the national academy museum and she had a couple easy clips so no i thought the only it was so i mean with the whole will smith thing going on there was one thing that amy schumer did that did perplex me that she did start making fun of um our boy's wife kirsten dunce and jesse plemons mm. she called it she started calling um Kirsten Dunst, a uh, seat, like an extra, like oh, a really? seat warmer. Interesting. Yeah, because they'll have people that'll fill the seats when people get up to make it seem full. Mm. And so she made her get up, and Jesse Plum was like, "That's that's my wife." And you know, Amy Schumer's like, "Oh no, no, she's just a seat warmer." <laughs> and Jesse Plumens is like, "No, that's you know." And it was a weird thing. So at the time it happened, I thought it was just like a really bad joke. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like. This is kind of a weird contrast between that and what Will Smith had going on because both comedians were making fun of, you know, spouses. Right. And it's like they were trying to I don't I don't know what the whole thing was because it felt very put on. Is Jesse Plemons actually married to mm-hmm. Kirsten? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got married, I guess. after I didn't either. Actually, um, Justin, you know. Uh, good friend Justin, friend told, of the podcast, shout out. Yeah, shout out, shout out Jay Hall. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but um, he told me about it after Fargo because I kind of got I got into Fargo and season two was a really good season. And um, or no, sorry, yeah, no, season two. And um, he was like, yeah, they're married. And I was like, I, I don't, I can't believe that, you know. So and they actually are. I think they they got married after it might have been Fargo or they worked on something prior to that, but. Oh, okay. Well, Pretty cool, right? Yeah. I def- <laughs> Two people I definitely like. Well, I, was, I like Kirsten Dunst more now. They used to call her bland face. But- uh, right, yeah. Especially during the Spider-Man days. Yeah. 
Um, when the Melancholia came out, and I was like, it. I haven't seen that yet. I've oh. been recommended to watch it. Oh, you have? Yes. Oh, is that Lars von Trier? It is. Nice. The only uh, von Trier movie I've seen is The House That Jack Built. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty solid. Obviously, he's got some. I've not seen different it. things going on, but right, it's Matt Dillon, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> quite long. It's like two hours and fifty minutes or yeah. something like that. Von Trier's got a weird. He's, I think, maybe ex, ex, experiential or what do you call experimental? It? Yes. Thank you, God. Yeah, just like surface level, knowing what his other movies are and like what they're about. Um, Oh, you can uh, maybe hear Artie in the background there expressing his opinions on Lars von Trier. I think he's with me. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. There's one. There was a movie about Kurt Cobain that came out la- like his last days, or it's called something along those lines. Mm. Very bizarre. So I threw it on, and I was like, "Oh, I've heard of Lars von Trier," and it's like, it's like you know, it's supposedly emulating Kurt Cobain's last days, and um, yeah. <laughs> that, that can that just sums up a lot of Lars von Trier's oh filmography. My, dude, like it is, it's one of those things. I think you you kind of have to not have to see, but like when you see it, you know you want to see it. Okay. There's not like if if Lars von Trier movie pops up in the theaters, I don't know how many people are looking at their spouse going like, you know what, that looks interesting. We should yeah. go check that out. Hey, like, I got a good idea for a date night. <laughs> Yeah, let's go watch Climax. Yeah, oh fuck, oh Climax. <laughs> Did you watch Climax? No, I haven't seen. I've. There will be a time where. Um, so when you had your starter kit come out on Facebook, mm-hmm. you're like the face, uh, the movie starter kit. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of, I was like, man, who are some like bizarre directors that I know that I kind of, you know, and uh, Gaspar in the way. Yeah, Von Trier popped into my head, and I was like, and I just immediately thought of four or five films that I had not seen. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I guess I don't really fit into that. I do know it, but I was like, I'm electing not to see them. <laughs> and then I was like, well, if we're going to continue to do this, if this has, you know, if we keep having fun with it, it's like I'll probably at some point watch them and just have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Climax is very uh, uh, stylistic. Uh, Gaspar Noé certainly has a style. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, is that Gaspar Noé? Yeah, yeah. Or oh, Gaspar Noé, yeah. or however you pronounce well, however it. you say it. Um, yeah, that's the only one of his that I've seen, but I watched it about a month ago. And oh my God, is that, is that last days then? Anyways. Um, it is... Uh, no, Gaspar, I might be even thinking of the wrong guy. I think last days might be... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Gaspar did Enter the Void, Irreversible... Uh, I haven't seen those yet, but I want to. God, um, they're both as melted in my head as the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very stylistic movie. Um, I, maybe I'll recommend it one day on the podcast. We can talk about it because there's sure. there's a lot you can say. Oh, I'm sure. Um, That's the one where they do E at the dance party, right? I'm not going to say too much about it. Well, I've read the synopsis, so I'm okay. Gonna, yeah. yeah, basically. Yes. Um, you can kind of imagine what that would be like, but oh, yeah, you I know don't really know until you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we can get Anyways, back to the yeah, back to the Oscars. Oscar stuff. Is there anything <laughs> else that you think we should maybe touch on before we like get into the meat of it? No, I don't. I mean, I not that I I thought everything it kind of shaped up. I think the one snub. Um, should I hold off on it because he's in one of the films and I absolutely loved him. So I'm gonna. No, you can say. Well, right I'm now. saying like if we go into. If we get into it, I'll just say it when we get into okay. it. That he okay. was, because I mean, it's like we might not have the same thoughts, but I, it elevated the movie so much for me. Okay, so much. We will get into it when we get into it. So, um, did you want to maybe go through your list first of uh, sure 
of movies that you liked versus didn't like or like your ranking um, yeah no no i'll do my <clears throat> i'll do my one through ten okay and then you know and then you can you get a feel i'm not going to talk about any of them yet i mean because i have so much to happen to i'm kind of i'm really curious is where we line up that's the big thing yes I'm, I'm at so me too uh i'll actually should i go from best to worst uh or should i go from worst to best go from best to worst because i have an worst. idea of what your best is but i don't okay. know what your worst is that's what i was kind of thinking too i don't we might line up on this we might not but i think there are going to be a lot of different certain levels in here okay so mm-hmm. n- number one for me was coda okay number one i loved coda um number two and so two through four i struggled with so much um, it's, it's hard number two for me was nightmare alley okay number three was licorice pizza number four and this is where it gets i did i honestly didn't think that this would fucking happen i'm just gonna say this right now i threw this movie on and it was just like whatever i gotta burn it out just gonna put it on <laughs> i was at i <laughs> <laughs> i think it's maybe because i know guys like this or i've seen some family members but number four is king richard Okay. And and the other fact that I didn't know it was Venus's story, not Serena's. Right. Um, number five was Dune. Okay. Number six was Belfast. Okay. Number seven was Power of the Dog. Okay. Number eight, they're totally two just different. I'm, the, the synopsis is in your brain oh, are fighting with each not, other. They're not, dude. It's... They're the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. I okay. So eight. So okay. All that. Look, let's figure it out. So all that's left is uh, um, West Side Story, uh, Drive My Car, and Don't Look Up. Yes. Okay. Those are your bottom three. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, number. I'll just say number eight was Drive My Car. Number nine was West Side Story, and ten was Don't Look Up. Ooh. Okay. So. That's, I think uh, I think there's a good amount of differentiation between us. Here. I kind of thought there would be. Yeah, there's there's a good amount of differences. Some similarities, maybe. Well, that's what I'm curious. That's you. But, I want to hear what you got because I'm really I'm interested in your perspective on okay. all of this. All right. Uh, so I'll start now. My number one is uh, Coda. So that's where we line up the most, for sure. right there. Well, I would, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one for one. Ooh, here we go. Um. My number two is Dune. Yeah, that's the one I knew that was going to be higher up than on mine. Yep. Uh, my number three, I would probably say, is King Richard. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dude, <laughs> I had no idea. Were you like me? Were you like, I got to watch this? I was, uh, well, I wasn't going to watch it, but then my friend Mikey was like ranting and raving about it, and he said it was like, probably the best performance will smith has had in years so i i watched we'll get it into it we'll get into we'll it, get into it. Yes. um yes uh lot to talk about wow yeah. i can't believe that <laughs> uh number four i would probably say is drive my car yep i had a feeling <laughs> i was watching it with a, my friend and uh, i was talking to her and i was like i need to talk to kyle about this because i feel like he's gonna like this and have a lot more perspective on it than i will on it definitely not perfect but i i I have thoughts. Yes, I have and that's what I'm excited to hear about because I, I, the, the reason it it went from ten up to eight, and it probably could have hopped uh, Power of the Dog if I had a little bit more time to think about it. It didn't uh-huh. have a chance to really marinate. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and I don't, I, I'm going to preface this right now. I didn't make like a physical list, so I'm just going off of like what no, I'm no, looking go, at perfect. from Dude, uh, organic. Google. Very organic and in the moment right yeah. now. Um, just going off my feelings. So yeah, number, yeah. Number four, drive my car. Number five, I would say is, this is where it gets tough for yeah. me. Cause a lot of these movies I kind of rated the same. Um, number five for me would probably be. I would say licorice pizza. Ooh, okay. Yeah, number five is licorice pizza. Uh, definitely butchered that when I said that. That's nah, okay. We'll, we'll cut it in post. Cut it in post. Uh, <laughs> number, uh, what am I on? Six now? Yep. Uh, Nightmare Alley. Okay. Um, kind of getting down into it. Uh, number seven, I would say, is The Power of the Dog. If there's some more crossover. A little bit, yep. Was that your number seven, too? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Uh Two for <laughs> two for eight so far. Um, number eight, I would say, is West Side Story. Okay. Number nine, Don't Look Up. Okay. And number ten, Belfast. Interesting. In last place for me. <laughs> wow, it's funny. The last two films we actually kind of flip flopped. Uh-huh. Now, <laughs> in, in regards to um, Belfast, I think it just it edged out power of the dog and kind of the rest of those films simply because of rewatchability. Um, but I will say in terms of a cupcake film now, granted they it's, I think it's cheap what he does. It, it's so, and that's kind of the reason why it's at the bottom for me. I, it's I, I very could, Oscar Beatty. Oh yeah. It, it, it's a, what, it, what would you, it's a slice of life, a time hop film on the backdrop of um, a religious war yeah, I mean, like a uh, upright riot uprising of uh, yeah of like a cultural conflict. Yeah, that could very much reflect um, yes. conflicts that we are enduring in right now. Or and I mean, at any point in life, any point kinda, in history, you know, really. it's just kind of it's just that it's just a period piece of that thing. I mean, you know, they're but they're more civilized, I guess you'd say. Right. So it's you see a little bit more of the the you know law and order taking effect. Yeah, than in some other countries, it's, but it's, it's a little bit more modern yes. than um, some of those other stories that would take place, for example, during World War II or maybe even before. Um, yeah, this movie, I, I, it was clear to me that this was my least favorite out right. of all of them because I felt it was very Oscar Beatty. You could take a, literally any scene from the movie of like them speak, like not even just speaking to each other, but just like the cinematography or oh my God, yes. however it looked. And it would, it would fit perfectly in like an Oscar montage reel of like now for best picture Belfast. And it's like some clip of like Judy Dench speaking, saying like, go, don't look back. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it would, it would fit perfectly because that's what this movie is. It's very like grasping at that Oscar trophy as much as it can. Yes. And I also thought too, that it was very slow paced and not that slow paced movies are bad. It's just, I didn't feel this was justified for this kind of thing because the way the movie opens, it's very like striking. I was very interested from the moment. hundred percent. Cause yeah. it starts out with these riots happening in the streets of Belfast and in, in uh, like Northern Ireland. And it's very striking. The imagery is very like just jarring from these children playing in the streets to all of a sudden there's these like violent protests going on and everybody's scared for their lives. And then all of a sudden the town is like very militarized. They've got like barbed wires and barricades set up 
And then from then on, it's just a very kind of dialogue heavy, almost empty sort of sentiment of a movie, in my opinion. I had a weird, yeah, because I was trying to figure out why I wrote it. Yeah. I was like, did he grow up in Belfast? Is this kind of like his, you know, maybe not, it's not his childhood, but maybe things that he had seen or was on the news or remembered. Like, I, I read somewhere that he wanted to make it because it was like the most personal story that he's ever made, according to him. Yeah, but what's that? Like, I don't know what that means beyond that phrase. Was it, it just, yeah. I. But yeah, I don't know what his experience with it is, but it, it felt like it didn't want to touch on the things that it was trying to touch on and trying to oh, bring 100%. forth on screen. There would be scenes where the little kid would look at his dad and go like, father, are we moving away from Belfast? And then like, it would just cut away. Yes. And it, it would be afraid to like show that emotion and show that conflict. And like, it, it felt like it was scared to like, kind of get into the ugly parts of that sort of subject. Maybe it was him. And maybe that's his, like that was his deflection through it all. Maybe, you know, uh, I don't want to, I want to hear, get, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I, I literally have, dude, I watched this last night. I had it on, um, I was watching it and, you know, I had a couple other things going on. So it was, I was giving it the, like I was with you, the, the, the opening, um, was very striking, very engaging. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, so for me, like I had no idea what this was about, like I just seen the the I thought this was about a guy whose dad was an actor and it was him growing up with his dad being like an actor and never being home and having to get through the child. And then we watched the trailer. That would have been more interesting to me. <laughs> a week ago and I was like, "Oh shit, like there's a war going on in Belfast, dog. Like let's go." You know? And I was like, "All right, like this looks sweet." And then it opens up like that and I was like, "Hell yeah." And then it's just like Van Morrison playing like, oh, oh my here we go in God, the street. I got so sick of that soundtrack after a certain point. It's very, it is so. so <laughs> it felt very ill-fitting too because the film was in black and white, but it was set during 1969. Well, you, He's got, I, I, the way I took it in, I was like, oh, it's this kid's life. And they're using the backdrop as sort of like the, the tumultuous or the, the, the trifle or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. some of that some of that anxiousness that angst that you want to feel yeah not knowing but it's really just a story about this kid growing up in this town with his parents and not knowing a lot of things and just learning right but it's also kind of like a depiction of you know belfast at that time like what was going on so you feel like you're in that period for just a little bit and i mm -hmm. think it was because the kid was just happy go lucky i think his name was happy or something like that they kept saying some shit like that <laughs> Uh, but it was little boy is his name. I mean, you know, it, but it was, I think it was supposed to be a reflection of his emotions going on through all of this. Like mm -hmm. they didn't, they could have used an orchestra. They definitely could have played some sorrow stuff. I mean, I shouldn't say definitely. Cause I don't even know if anything sad happened. Uh, the one sad thing. So we're going to get into spoilers for all these movies, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, we didn't think, I didn't think we were going to, but I agree. I think we have to, I think we kind of have to, yeah. right? Yeah. Go out and watch these films and then come back and check us out. Well, and also I'll put timestamps for each movie we discuss. Oh, sweet. So oh, yeah, let's just pick movies and we'll see why we rated them. Where we rated them at. Yeah, we're talking 10 fucking films, people. Let's egg, go. Egg fucking exactly. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one sad thing that happens in this movie is the grandpa dies. Yes. Uh, uh, so and they leave Belfast at the end. Well, that's I guess kind of. You know of sad. what's so funny about that is that is, and then they have. I can only assume it's an Irish funeral. 
That fuck, that was so fucking weird. The like singing. So, okay. <laughs> I so, did not like that scene at oh, all. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, one, I was like, I'm gonna have an Irish funeral if that's what they do. <laughs> like when I die, you put me down, and then everyone's gonna get drunk and celebrate and dance. It right? looked like it was from a wedding. It looked like they were having a wedding reception. So today, when I was thinking about it, because I have that song stuck in my head, I really like that song, you mm-hmm. know. And that guy, and I thought it was fun that they were doing it, but then today I was like. Wait, if that was an Irish funeral, why was that guy up there singing so happily yeah. and dancing with his wife like that? They were like celebrating. It's like, oh, grandpa's dead. Woo! And, and it's like it turned. But I think that's that was kind of the goal of the film. Like whatever, like whenever you're feeling like there's nothing in this world that can keep you down, like level survive. You yeah. know, I mean, it's and it. I don't know. It felt kind of cheap. And the whole thing, I mean, the kid's going through his life and I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, like it, it did feel very. Che- it felt like it felt super jarring. Was the problem? Like I'm okay with that sort of sentiment, but like, <laughs> no, I be a little more subtle about it. Maybe. I had a different. I would so they lead off with that, but there's never a time where I felt the conflict outside the city walls or what was going inside. Mattered? The, yeah, at all. And I didn't even know like the 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 kid was a Protestant, right? It was a Protestant family, so they weren't mm-hmm. even getting weeded out. Yeah, no, they it weren't was, the ones that were being persecuted. It was just the dad that was like, we're not joining either side. Mm-hmm. And I had another, I was like, well, then what the fuck if, does it matter? It felt, yeah, it felt like this movie was like trying to be way too safe about the subject matter. Yeah. And trying way too hard to like... Yeah, it's a story about like these riots happening. But look at the characters. Look at the characters and look at how quirky and like funny and like happy they are as a family, but they also have struggles and it's like it feels like uh <laughs> it kind of feels like a f- an episode of Family Matters just with higher production value and also there happens to be conflict happening outside. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man, this might drop. <laughs> I might just drop this down because the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm realizing I was like, I, I literally just gave it a six. I was like, oh, rewatchability. I like the Van Morrison soundtrack. Like, I was completely cool with it because I was mm-hmm. like, this is. I was me- fine with it at first. Like, I was like, okay, this is unique. This is very different. Mm-hmm. And then they kept playing it, and I was like, okay, it's overstaying. It's welcome well, a little bit. Yeah, and you never the the what really kind of what got it in for me was the grandpa. Mm-hmm. I really liked his character. Um. He, he was always there for like words of wisdom and kind of the you know like life's gonna happen I guess you know and it, you'll you'll have some takeaways and you'll have some regrets and you'll have some sorrows but as long as you find someone and you know mm-hmm. you continue on you'll be all right like it doesn't matter just live in the present and yeah it was it was always he always had that like little bit of wisdom you know so I really appreciated his character and when every time he was kind of on the screen I was always like all right let's go Gramps yeah you know? and, I, I didn't mind him like the acting I would say is not bad no but i would I, say the acting is pretty like, probably even, the best part of the movie i liked i didn't i like the cinematography i mean i mm. i i like it when guys take a chance like that or they keep me engaged as an audience member yeah uh, the problem is there's just not a whole lot of meat on that bone no so i think he had to do it like that to kind of keep you as an audience member visually engaged yeah and that's why he does you know and the black and white my how i saw it was just that the times they were living in were black and white mm. right it was either you're on this side or that side there there wasn't and that way anytime you saw like a movie 
you know, or there was a show going on, or there's some color. Maybe it was just because it was colorful. Maybe mm-hmm. that they were act. That's how perceived happiness was. So you saw the color. Like I don't. Uh, yeah, I did like the fact that whenever they watch TV or a movie, that it would be in color. Yeah. In contrast to the actual film itself. Yeah. So I mean, it was kind of you know visually striking, and and there's Bernard's got a little taste for directing, but the story itself. I mean, I can't like now that I'm thinking about it, I can't believe he won fucking best original screenplay i i yeah i was very surprised to learn that too um uh yeah at first when i watched this movie i think i gave it a six Mm -hmm. and then i gave it like a minute and i was like no i want to give it a five and then i gave it another minute and i thought about it a little more and i was like no i don't feel good about giving this a five i'm bringing it down to a four interesting yeah (laughs) it it ended up my i mean this one might fall down there because i got there's some wait Mm. do we even finish your list yeah, we did. Oh, so Belfast was ten. Belfast was my last one. Okay. Um, so I guess we can kind of like put a put a ribbon on that one. Yeah. What, there's not much behind it. That might that actually might fall down to nine or ten too for me. I'll see how it goes because there's a couple in here that I'm a little torn on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there might just there might equally not be enough meat on that bone. But they did a better job attempting, you know, f- some filmmaking. So um, gotcha. Okay, so we can move on. Um. What uh, you said your rating for this was like a six out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it might fall to ten though. Okay. This could very easily. I think I might have just shoehorned this in that spot because I didn't know where to do it, and I was like, oh, I could watch that again. But th- that's not a that's not a good fucking ranking to have. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I mean, like, what's your like like rating of it? I guess. Oh, for this one. Yes. Oh, this would probably be. Jeez, oh, it's probably getting a six now. It was okay. a seven. I was cool with it. I was I was like, all right. He pulls a little punch. We'll do the backdrop, you know, with the religious riots going on. But we mm-hmm. get to see the kid growing up. I really like the soundtrack. Obviously, with kind of this tough subject matter. Well, not even tough subject matter. Whatever the hell it is, <laughs> you know, there it's it's still popping. I like the accents, and I was kind. Of, I had a little bit of fun with it. But um, now that I'm thinking about how cheap it was, and the fact that there was no turmoil, and I'm glad we both saw that. There was no really reason to focus on this family. Yeah, it's a very know? transparent movie. Maybe, you can see you right know, through maybe it. We, uh, maybe we don't need to be asked tough because, I mean, you know, that could be a very difficult time to live in. Constant in turmoil, angst, you know, having to go through the streets. Mm-hmm. You're declaring that I'm on neither side, so you're going to have to fight both Protestants and Catholics. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, but uh, it, like you say, though, he didn't do a good job then delivering the message and making me feel like that. Yep. So that's I, that's the biggest issue for me. I would give this a six out of ten, but I have a little bit more. There's more credibility in the film with the with the camera work and uh, the score or yeah. the soundtrack. You know, very very technically apt. Just uh, yeah, kind of hollow. Um, that's a nice way of saying that. Yeah. So do you want to like kind of switch gears a little bit, go on the opposite side? Sure. Talk about Coda. Let's do Coda. Awesome. Uh, so this was the second to last one that I watched. Mostly because I had to start a free trial of Apple TV to watch it. Do you still have that free trial? Um, I still have it, yeah. Even though, even if you cancel it, it still gives you that seven days. Oh, wow. And then it just like goes away. Okay. So maybe I'll try to squeeze in Tragedy of Macbeth um, oh. while I have it. We'll see how it goes. Um, did you watch that? No, but okay. I, I've heard. <laughs> you, I've heard things. <laughs> things you might want to know. Um <laughs> But yeah, so no, I saved that kind of towards the end. And then I'll just get this out of the way right now. I had to watch it on a desktop okay? because I have an Android phone and obviously Apple not supported on that device. So I watched it on the computer and I swear to God, they like throttle 
the 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 internet or the site or like whatever they throttle to do this because I watched the video and I couldn't get it like higher than like 480p. Really? Yeah, I I it seemed like it was less than 720. Maybe it was at 720. I don't know cuz like it wasn't the worst thing. It wasn't like I was watching it on a potato. Right. But I could definitely tell that hey, this isn't the quality that I should be watching this in. Very true. Yeah, but it still ended up being one. So I, it, it that's a testament to how good the movie I'm is. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> as shitty as the quality I watched it in, I was still uh, compelled by it. I uh, so uh, if you haven't seen Coda, it's about a, a child of deaf adults. Uh, this gal, she grows up in a deaf family, mm-hmm. and um, it's just really her her kind of her last year in high school. And her fork on the road that she gets to. Some tough decisions that she's going to have to make. It's a very good coming-of-age film. Oh, my God. So I felt like this was, like, the biggest cupcake film. And it was, like... It was very feel-good. It was a souffle. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a dessert film, but they fucking, like... A $100 dessert film. Right. Like, I didn't, I, I'd never... It never... There was never anyone in super big peril... Mm-hmm. right um the message wasn't i mean like you said coming of age i think that i mean i i personally think that they're doing a better job with trying to get more um sign language incorporated in film yes i agree with that wholeheartedly i was thinking about that while i was watching it because it reminded me a lot of sound of metal have oh you, yeah have you you've seen that of film. course um that one and this one i feel like are kind of like paving the way towards um, making it so that those stories can be told in a very respectable way. Yes. And I really like that. I really like the oh, fact I, that they make them characters and they have like all these different emotions and like situations going on and they're nuanced all the while they don't say a single word. It is incredible. The mm-hmm. brother, like when he gets out on the thing after they kind of get in the fight and he's like, this isn't your life, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, he's like signing this and I'm like, Holy shit! Like well, I f- I'm feeling this dude's emotions, and like I'm not even hearing his rage or anger. I th- yeah, I think it helps too that like sign language, because there's no speaking involved, they do a lot of uh, facial expressions. Their body language is amazing to convey how they're feeling and like the sort of message they want to get across. Yes, um, and I think that was like super effective and came across very well. And. It is important to note too that like all those actors are actually deaf. Oh, I know. I so when the guy won best supporting actor, I, I got dusty. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I was sitting there, I was like, no shit, like because he, the, well, they so he wins it and they go, they go to him and he's like, because he can't hear anything, mm-hmm. you know. And then so he's like, he gets up and then so I'm like, is he deaf? Is he really deaf? Like, there's no fucking way he's deaf. And he like sets it down. And he starts signing. I was like, oh my god. Like, I was like. I just was like, you got to be like, this is huge. This is one of the biggest moments, biggest wins mm-hmm. for that community. Absolutely. You know? And uh, in the film, it got a little dusty for me even watching it. It helps, too, that the film is like a good quality film. So I think uh, uh, one of the things that I liked about this movie the most is how believable the story was. Nothing felt like it was nonsensical. Nothing felt mm-hmm. like it was too like over the top or like unreasonable to happen. You know, situations happen that you think to yourself like, okay, I could definitely see this playing out how it would. You know, you've yeah. got these two deaf fishermen who are being observed by this person who don't know that they're deaf. And then when she does find out that they're deaf, you know, they kind of get screwed a little bit yeah. when they're when they're out and they get pulled over by the Coast Guard. It's It's a very, I think realistic depiction of like the situations that would play out in this sort of story i think 
<laughs> yeah, the only uh, the the. <laughs> So I had a running joke the whole time I was watching this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was the uh, the choir teacher. Mm. Um, his fucking house. <laughs> I was like, "How does this guy live here?" Right. <laughs> like, it's very like he's a he's a high school choir teacher. Dude, and he's got like a, he's on the Atlantic he's got, Ocean. Yeah, he's got okay? like a waterside property. <laughs> yeah, and his like half of the house is made of glass. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can see right in it. Yeah. It's like all natural light. Oh, it looks huge. super expensive. And I was like sitting. I'm like, how the hell does he fucking? And then at one point when they get into an argument, she goes, "All you did was become a choir teacher." And then I, that's when I was really like. What the fuck? Yeah, if I was if I was him, I would have been like, "Have you seen my house?" <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. I was like, "What is going on here? Why did they pick this house?" Like, yeah, they should have picked something a little more subtle. <laughs> yeah, well, you find out he comes from um, what was the music academy, and it's a, a pretty pre- prestigious one. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts because as soon as they said it, I was like, "Oh, I've heard of that." I didn't even know. I, I oh, it was it the one? Was it the college that she was going to? Yeah, Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I only remember that because my cousin went to Berkeley. Really? Shout out to Daniel. Oh, yeah. there we go. Um, mm-hmm. Graduated uh, with a degree in uh, music video game production, I wow. think. Wow. Something like that. Because he does like scoring for like some indie game project. Um, That's sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. Um, it's very respectable. Shout and he's out. talented, too. Yeah, well, yeah, it sounds like that to get into that school. Uh, if you want to if you wanna uh, check out his work, his Instagram username is superhoop. Uh, so I think it's super.hoop. There's and a I plug. Think, I think the O's are, are uh, zeros, I'm pretty sure. It's pretty hipster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, or look him up. Or already taken. <laughs> I think he I think it's like a reference to a video game or something but <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so yeah the yeah it was Berkeley um yeah 100% yeah no it was mm-hmm. I mean and then she um yeah that song I'm gonna probably end up looking that song up on Spotify that she sung that was beautiful mm-hmm. the one towards the end or the one that she duetted with the one towards the end the duet one was kind of like I was like I like this song and then at, 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 by the time the duet hit, I was like I've heard enough of this song yeah which is why in that scene I appreciated the perspective from her family yes who were deaf because you didn't have to hear it again yes <laughs> well, and you know it was kind of it's that, that throughout the whole film you hadn't lived in their head yet right yeah so there was kind of them taking this in they don't know how big this moment is Mm -hmm. they've got no clue yeah it's a little it's kind of like a little sprinkle of like the sort of thing we get in sound of metal because throughout that movie without spoiling it you get uh these like nuggets of moments Mm -hmm. where it's from his perspective and you can sort of you well you hear or can't hear what he hears and it's just a lot of like silence and mumbles and then like certain things happen towards the end and you hear it from that perspective and it's a huge impact on like his character in the story. Um this movie only has that one moment. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that's it. That was it. And it was beautiful. And it, yeah, it's a very impactful moment too. Yeah. Um yeah, this is this is essentially what she had been geared up for for the whole film, I would say. Right, being um, able to prove to her family that this is something worth doing and that that's something that she cares deeply about. Mm-hmm. Cuz I kind of predicted it happening in that scene when they're at the show and they're watching her perform, even though Everyone, they can't hear her, obviously. Yeah. But I thought to myself, Oh, they're going to see how people around them are reacting to her singing. 
and they're gonna finally appreciate like what she's been doing this whole time yeah and then that exact thing happened i was like ah it's it's so satisfying when i get it right oh my god dude it was like impactful yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. well then the day you know and then he's got to go out there and talk with her and you know it was and they were just so it was a quirky family but i I even liked when they snuck in you know Mm -hmm. i was like of course they would (laughs) yeah yeah uh you know no one's gonna stop him is it that big of a deal i liked yeah i liked the family dynamic and the personalities they had um very rich and uh nuanced full of character um the dad especially i really liked him as an actor uh troy coster i think his name is um very talented and i think this is one of the only movies he's been in probably i don't think there's a big market right now for uh you know the sign language you know right i think marley matlin her name is the mom mm-hmm. i think she's pretty because i knew about her before i watched really? this film yeah because i don't know why but for some reason i like watched an episode of celebrity apprentice years ago mm-hmm. and she was on it and uh obviously like they made note of like her being deaf but also she was already kind of like an established actress hmm. before coda so she's sure. been in quite a few things i believe probably point but character I, type yeah yeah kind of like that sort of i mean sort of boxed in role yeah of of deaf chick but the dad and the brother uh deaf chick nice <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bring her out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where's the deaf chick? <laughs> hey, come on. Over. Oh, wait. She can't hear me. <laughs> but um, the dad and the, the brother, they haven't been in much. No. This I is like pretty much the biggest film that they've they've done. And they nailed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I I don't think there was anything that was, yeah, like you said, everything, every, every kind of obstacle that presented itself was there for a reason. I think the only... The other one was when the TV camera crew showed up, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, like how that that they would have made a big deal about that three days before that thing happened, right?" <laughs> so I I was like, "All right, like this the reasonable expectations." Yeah, that one. But other than that, I mean, it, and those are very very small things to be thrown. I thought like one of the mm-hmm. funniest times was uh, catching the parents having sex. Yeah, that was a very like intentionally uncomfortable moment, but they, there was levity to it too. All, the whole film had levity with the, all of it, and it's it's like, all right, what what awkward scenarios can we put her in? And not only that, she has to tell the other party what's going on because mm-hmm. <laughs> they, you know, like if if something happened and a third party came in and like you're, you know, it's like, hey, you know, like I got to talk to you guys about this. Imagine it impacting you having a secret between them and then like having to go out and then tell that other person what you've been not wanting to say or like don't want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Like how much I thought it was, I thought it was hysterical. It was, I think my favorite joke in the whole movie is when the dad farts and then the girl reacts to it. And then he says, do you know why God made farts smell so that deaf people could enjoy them too? Probably one of my favorite lines in the oh, whole dude, film. Oh, dude, they're, they're doing the Tinder thing at dinner. And yeah. she's like, I thought we said no Tinder. It's like, it's the only thing we can enjoy as a family together. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my yeah. God. The difference between Tinder and music is we can enjoy mu- or Tinder as a family. Yeah. We can kind of, like, move on, I guess. But was there anything else you wanted to say? No, dude. I thought, I mean, if you haven't seen Coda, check it out. It's really one of those films I had heard about. So I had heard about this from another podcast. And I didn't remember much, but I thought it was very heavy subject matter. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be something with broke parents, you know, that are deaf. 
and a kid trying to you know strap them you know on her back and raise them and and you know make money for the family it was gonna be like freaking like i don't know i can't even winner's bone you know like <laughs> yeah. i was like i just had this like oh my god like what are like i thought it was gonna be belfast but actually like the heavy subject matter yeah it handled it very well oh my god beautifully very beautifully and then and the character driven movie well music is easy it helps alleviate so much of that anxiousness yeah i know? really like the score too and it was very smart the way they used it too yes um, I enjoyed that very much. So, so uh, what would you rate it? I would give this a nine out of ten. Same, I yeah. give it a nine out of ten as well. Yeah, this is this think, is something I think you could watch again and again and again and enjoy it. Definitely uh, deserves best picture out of all the lineup, for sure. Agreed. Um, so we did uh, talk about Dune in a previous episode, right? Um, I guess we can kind of like compare it to like the other movies that are here. Mm-hmm. Um, and like touch on it a little bit. We won't go too much into detail cause we've already like discussed it well, up yeah, and down. It's been talked. Yeah. It's been, it's been talked around uh, quite a bit, but I was, uh, I was kind of surprised to see it nominated at all. Um, really? yeah, because I don't know if it's like just my perception or just the stigma of the Academy Awards in general, but I feel like the Oscars are sometimes hesitant to nominate those like kind of high concept sci-fi sort of other genre movies because i feel like when they nominate movies like i mean other than nightmare alley most of these are grounded in reality in some way like they're very like for sure character driven like realistic air quotes stories of of like people in realistic situations yeah whereas like dune is very like high concept sort of otherworldly genre kind of thing and so I was just kind of surprised to see it nominated at all. Um, I And I personally think that there are other Denis Villeneuve films that maybe should have been nominated other than this. Like, I don't know, because I love Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that film is fantastic. That it's got one of nominated my favorites. for a couple it got nominated, technical aspects. Yeah, it got nominated for a lot of technical stuff, but not Best Picture, I don't believe. Well, um, I picked Dune to win Best Picture because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's up for eight different... I think I think what the Academy does, and I, I really... Like, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, mm-hmm. third swept it. Like, yeah. You know, and that's kind of falls into... I, I mean, I don't know if it... I, I think it does a very good job. I mean, that movie might get a rewatch because I was talking to my brother about it and we both kind of had the same, like, oh, shit, it's a lot better than what we were just giving it shit for. Um, yeah. But I think there there is a recognition when you go this thing's got like eight technical awards or take they're nominated in eight different categories like maybe we should throw it in here yeah I mean, it kind of feels like it's one of the best of the year and i'm not saying yeah i'm not saying that i don't think this deserved it at all this year um because i think it did have like a compelling story and characters that i i enjoyed watching but i guess i was just surprised to see it at all is yeah. is what I'm. I guess is what I'm throwing. I down. definitely understand that because mm-hmm. I would. I do. I I know where you're coming from. I mean, it'd be like if, uh, you know, Dracula 2000 got nominated, and <laughs> we're sitting here like it's got a chance to win. You <laughs> yeah. know, like I I don't think it, like with you like grounded in reality or at least, yeah, somewhere on planet Earth at some point. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's I. If this were five films, I don't know if it would. I'll just say that. Right. You know, that's where I would probably have a little bit more of a, like, I agree with you 100% on, because I think mm-hmm. if it were five films, we probably would see the five most, like, 
King Richard would be in there. It'd be, you know, Coda, Belfast probably would have been it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Licorice Pizza would have made the cut. Right. You know, Don't Look Up probably. That was probably the last one thrown in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just, anyways. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think because it has brought in 210, it got that nomination. So, mm-hmm. you know, with how big it is now, it's like, why not have a... Like Marvel's Endgame, they could have thrown in there. I don't know if they did right. or didn't, but like if that would have got thrown in, I would have been shocked either. I would have been like, good. That, it deserves some of this. You know, it's it's changed media, Hollywood. Yeah, and I, yeah, from like a cultural standpoint, for sure. And mm-hmm. like Dune was like one of the more successful movies in a while, too, to come out during COVID. True. So, I mean, culturally, it had an impact because like – so many people I know were talking about that movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, people that hadn't even read the books were just, like, looking forward to it. Didn't even know who, like, Denis Villeneuve was. Um, they just knew that there was this really compelling sci-fi story coming out based on a book that had really good visual effects. Mm-hmm. And so they went and saw it. And I think people who kind of went into it with that mindset were, like, blown away. You know, and now they're really looking forward to the second part. And that's maybe, like the perspective of like why they put it on there could be i mean speculation yeah i've got there's you never know how the academy works Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean that that is one thing i will say so i had it as my second favorite i had it as five okay it would have made it's it made the top five list i think it's it's right at right at that i I, it's got one it's beautiful Mm -hmm. i mean there's no arguing that and i think there's enough of it where i'd probably rewatch it again at some point to see if i'd have any more of a grasp for better understanding or be able to follow it a little bit more maybe more empathy for the characters you know Mm -hmm. get get a new view on it yeah try to oh yeah for sure definitely gonna rewatch it before part two comes out 100 percent. that one will happen because i'm excited i will i will be excited for part two i I have a feeling because denis villeneuve is pretty consistent with like the quality of his filmmaking i have a feeling it's gonna be near seamless probably be the same quality as the first one i don't think there's yeah. any i mean at that one i'm t- the flow of the film is pretty spectacular i think mm-hmm. i don't I, I just had a problem with the characters and i didn't i didn't i didn't enjoy them as much as you did and and the depth of the characters i never really bought into but it's a little bit like you say a higher concept film and there's a little bit more going on mm-hmm. and if you recognize that fact or have you know if you care about that then it would be more impactful yeah you know and i think the hero's story or the hero's journey you know like i i you know i got a couple of friends that really liked it just because of what what um chalamet has to go through mm-hmm. and i you know i like, would have well, liked a little more well no i mean not only that but i just i i just don't it's got the power of god speaking through him and he's having a tough time where he's at in life and the struggle between what do you call it? You know, vanity versus righteousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's like, yeah. all right, you know, but I, it's five. <laughs> it's five for a reason. I'll just say that. It's got potential to move up. Belfast already shipped bricks and fucking <laughs> fell down to nine. All right. Like, <laughs> Belfast dropped the ball. Yeah. Real Belfast. <laughs> oh, get him. <laughs> he got got. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much uh, our thoughts on Dune. I think I gave it an eight out of ten. You gave it a seven. I think so. I think I was at. I, it might even. It might move up into that eight out of ten. I think when we talked about it, it was pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. The um, dude, it is. 
seamless in terms of the the sound effects, score, visual effects, where they're at, what's going on. I mean, you can't tell me that you didn't think this was shot in like the Mojave Desert. Right. It's super, super gorgeous. Yeah. I I just love the visuals so much. Yeah. Denis Villeneuve is a master at that sort of thing. Like, all of his movies are visually compelling. I'm ready to watch Blade Runner 2049 again. I haven't seen that in a while. And I just, I, that's on, I think it was on Netflix. Like I, yeah, they just put it on Netflix. Like, I was scrolling through it. And I was like, God, I've, I should probably check this out again. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I love that. Love that film. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get filled with testosterone just thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, um. so, uh, so there's Dune. There's um, Dune. Do you want to? Uh, is there a film that you want to talk about in particular that we haven't yet? Um, I'm trying to think about what I want to say. Fuck it. Let's just do King Richard. I want to right, hear King Richard. How the hell King Richard got to third? It was my okay. fourth. I had it as like I walked into it. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, this is gonna be like fucking the ninth or tenth best film. Like I'm not looking forward to this. Right. Will Smith hits people and fucking all he does is raise five tennis stars. Like awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. That's all he does. Uh, so it was your number four, you said. Yes. Okay. So not too much of a difference between you and no, I, dude. It's a, it was. What was your number four? My number four. Um, and again, I didn't like write it down. It's okay. I'm just I going mean, off looking. Was at it drive it. my car? Uh, I think it was licorice pizza. Okay. Because here's the thing, right? I rated. No, yeah, it was drive my car. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it was yeah. drive my car because I, I, my, I had three. Because I, I liked it a little more than licorice pizza. I was about to say. So we, we kind of hovered. That was your. So you had one and two already picked out. My, my one was, and then two. I had, I had one, two, and ten already picked out. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I kind of, well, I kind of did too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it could. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, yeah. So you, dude. So what happened? Just like okay. your friends, like awesome so, film. Will so Smith kills it. My friend Mikey was raving about this film because I had no plans of seeing it at all. I thought to myself, this is just going to be like an Oscar Beatty Will Smith biopic that's just going to fail because Will Smith has just been in nothing but shit for the past like fifteen years. Agreed. And so. I totally wrote this movie off without Agreed. even thinking twice about it. And I also thought that it was going to be a total like like uh kind of like self-serving movie about the Williams sisters yes. because they're the ones who produced the film. Agreed. And so I just wrote it off as like I why would I waste my time? I don't want to watch this film. And then my friend Michael, dear dear sweet Mikey, he uh he he texted us one day and he's like King Richard is really good. <laughs> And normally when he says stuff like that, I'm like, okay, Mikey, whatever. And he's like, no, it's like the best Will Smith performance that he's done in years. I'm like, okay, all right. You've kind of like, you know, you've got my ear a little bit. Yeah. You've got my attention. Yeah, is this clickbait or what? But I still like didn't, I wasn't going to like go out of my way to watch the film still at that point. Right. And then we, you know, said we were going to do this Oscar thing for the podcast. So I thought to myself, okay, I got to watch King Richard now. Yeah. And so I saw that it was on HBO Max. It was actually one of the first ones I watched after we said that we were going to do this. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, I put it on, and I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was well-made. Yeah. I thought it was well-acted. Oh, my God. Um, especially from Will Smith. And I was uh, I was very surprised at uh, John Bernthal in the film. I <laughs> Robbed. 
fucking robbed. Efsa fucking lootly. Dude. Dude. Like <laughs> it's like the most different character he's ever played, right? Just kind of like this really yeah. outgoing, happy go lucky tennis coach. He not okay. He's not happy go lucky. <laughs> he's positive reinforcement. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's why people make it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a line that I need to look up. I'll probably do it tonight when I go back home that I just need to remember. Cause he goes, he, there's a scene where he's walking by, they finally get to Florida and they get on the tennis courts and they've kind of been practicing. He goes, that shot wasn't good. And then like, like he's like, that shot wasn't good. You know? And then like, you're like, Oh shit, here it comes. He's, and then Venus Williams like holds up for her and goes, it's the absolute best. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I want to play tennis right now. Dude, I loved his energy in the oh, film. Oh, dude, it is, like, unrelenting. And the, the his accent that he puts on, too, helps. He's like, just a, oh, hey, Richard, oh, hey, stop right there. Yeah. Hey, 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 Richard, Richard, hey, Richard, can Richard. I talk to you for a second? Hey, I don't know about uh, coaching these these all these people and not having them play in tournaments, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, now, Richard, we have to do the juniors or they're not going to make it. Yeah, we yeah. We have to play in juniors. Dude, I, I was I was in love with him. And he, his mustache was killer, too. Oh, dude, I'll just Bernthal, say that right now. Bernthal comes into this thing, and I thought he was only going to be. I'm so happy he was in the film throughout the whole. Like Him, him contrasted with Richard, I think, is what made he it He played a so good foil. Fucking uh, uh, it's very compelling. Chocolate and peanut butter. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it went well. Well, I mean, you're like uh, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but no, I Redacted. thought it was. Um, I thought it was. They, yeah, they were. Oh, Burnthal was so good, dude, and so was Will Smith. The yeah, only, I really enjoyed him. Honestly, the only. Uh, and I, I'm kind of getting tired of it in films because I see it in the blind side is like, oh, we're making this for like white Americans. So mm-hmm. we're going to show Compton kind of how rough it can be. Yeah. And they always do it in this. It's a very on the nose way. Yeah, but it's not even it's so cheesy because like in Muskegon, like kind of growing up like you that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like one, you didn't have conversations. Like if guys were going to jump, they just jumped you. Yeah. You know, I used to know, I mean, I had there was some, no back and forth. Yeah. Friends. Like I had buddies that were going home and if you looked at a guy the wrong way and he had three of his friends, like they're beating your ass and taking your money. Like mm-hmm. it was, I had, I had guys and think, you know, it never happened to me, but I had guys, you know, football practice, like they'd get made fun of at football practice. Cause they know that their friends that they jumped him the day before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so like that whole thing that he does and they're like, we got to show how hard Compton is like, I don't think you do. I think it's got the rep. I think Compton, everyone, at least, or if you want to, you have them as a family driving by. The drive-by happens. Guys run out of the liquor store holding money. They start shooting guns. A couple guys fall down some more, and then they just drive by. Like you're yeah. That way you can kind of see what they're dealing with, but you don't have to have him like, I'm going to stand up. Because he does enough standing up for his family, and he's, he's, mm. an, he's enough of a polarizing character that I really – and then the – and it could have happened too, so I can't totally discredit. But then the new gang comes in and they're like, "We got you back, Richard. You're sweet." And yeah, then yeah. Like, Burnthal shows up and they're like, "Who's this cracking motherfucker?" Yeah, yeah. Who's Whitey? Yeah, and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> Just we know that it's a bad area, it's a shady area, and that he's this dude's taking a leap. And not only that, but I was like, I don't know if he has the full. I bet you in real life that dude it was it John Macy. I think his name was. I'm not sure. It was something Macy. Oh. um... Yeah, what was Steve his name? Steve Macy, John Macy, something Macy. I'll look it Bob up. Ma- okay, and 
I was like, that dude to go, if he actually went to Compton, sat down and watched them practice, had a lot more uh, visuals of what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least saw, I mean, Venus, I think maybe it was after she went six. Rick Macy. Rick Macy. I always call him John. Rick Macy, dude. Hit the fucking man. Well, his name is John Bernthal, so there I can is. understand. I just mixed them together because it was such a seamless, seamless character. Oh. I, yeah. I He was super enjoyable to watch. Yeah, the, I think the acting really carries this movie. 100%. The performances are definitely the most compelling part of it. And the the girls are spectacular. Yeah, I really enjoyed them for, um, you know, because obviously child actors can be like a hit or miss. A lot of the times they're a miss. But this one, they felt really natural. They felt really real. Um, it was... There was no, like, glaring issue at all with, like, the, the child actors. Um you know, it felt like a family unit. It yeah. felt like something that was really organic and and something that uh, actually happened, that actually took place. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's like too much else to say about this film for me. Um, I just thought it was like a solid biopic through and through. Oh, I guess I yeah. will say I liked the pacing of like the first two acts a little more than the last one. I thought that the pacing of like the mm-hmm. last one with like him arguing with his wife in the kitchen, I think it kind of bogged the film down a little bit. It slowed it slowed it down for me. But yeah, other than that, like I think it kind of flew by. They had uh, expressed that dynamic a little bit more because you didn't really in the first two acts you never really get that sense of you, there's of conflict. Te- yeah, there's tension and conflict, but you don't really. I mean, dude, he's not to that extent. Yeah, though. he took all five of them and then finally whittled it down to two of his daughters. And that's and it, like, they're doing a lot. And mm-hmm. he, he was barely making any money. And it's like, you know, I mean, so I think I think it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. By the the, the last it, it was funny, too, because the last tennis scene, um, I didn't know what was going to happen. Which yeah, was, which I didn't was, know what was going to happen either. Yeah. It was very surprising. And it's one of the ones where it's very nice to watch because you're seeing it unfold and you're kind of questioning like, all right, is she going to, you know, is she going to win? Is she yeah. going to lose? Like, what's going on here? You know, and and it's not done even through his perspective, which I kind of liked when they were on the court. It was just on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't how is he feeling right now? What's going on with him? Like his perspective and kind of the, you know, oh, God, that the anxiousness, like. They let it play out a lot of times. Yeah, I want to know if like there were, if there was like a lot of like uh, actual tennis training between the actors and the actresses playing oh, in I this had film. To, yeah, I would have to imagine so. Mm-hmm. Or if there's like just some special effects thing going on that we don't know. Um, I'm assuming it's like you know they actually had to do some tennis training. I mean, I think so. John Bernthal didn't have that mustache for no reason. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that, John. No, I think I th- I'd have to imagine they did. I mean, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Mark Wahlberg and the Fighter. Um, have not seen that film. Uh, excuse me. It, never mind. I had a cough. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have anything else to say about it either. I, I it's the acting carries it, but I don't think anything that happens outside of what you're what you're saying is unbelievable or mm-hmm. something that you just you're fawning at just waiting for more of that i mean it was just kind of like each event led into something new and you're kind of curious as to how it was going to unfold yeah i thought i thought it was solid all around agreed um eight out of ten for me yeah i'm teetering between it at probably i would say an eight just because it doesn't have everything else there mm-hmm. but god damn dude bernthal and and will smith are just 
Yep. He's a vessel for love. <sighs> and uh, a vessel for, for <laughs> throwing hands, too, I guess. Uh, <laughs> now, that's what happened back in the day, all right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, how he should have dealt with oh that gangbanger. Oh, my gang God. Like, if they would have did that in the street. I mean, he kind of did it when he took the tennis racket to the guy. Dude, he hit that dude with the tennis racket. I was like, that motherfucker would have been dead. Like, there's <laughs> right. not, like, there isn't any, like, I'm going to let your ass go. Yeah, right. I was like, no, they that would have been bad. That's just a bad move on his part. Right, yeah. He totally would have just been lifeless on the court. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But anyways, yeah. Cool. Uh pretty much on the same page there too, sounds like. Um I kind of want to talk about I kind of want to talk about Nightmare Alley. Do it cuz that was on that was So I think that was my number 6, 6 or 7. Yeah. Yeah, No, I, 7 was Power of the Dogs. So I think it was 6 for you. Yeah, I think I I liked it a little more than Power of the Dog. It's weird cuz Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley and uh, licorice pizza i all rated the same oh really yeah they they're all like kind of on the same ground for so that was like the hardest area for me personally i honestly thought um so i honestly thought night very alley might be a little too i don't want simple for you you know kind of i mean that it is very it's a, not subtle it's not subtle in any way like i predicted what was going to oh, happen oh yeah 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 like yeah. from from the moment that that scene happened yes so this movie it's about a character played by Bradley Cooper who uh, has a mysterious background, um, sort of a con man type figure, and he joins this circus act, this sort of uh, carnival that's happening, this like traveling circus, and uh, yeah, he sort of ingratiates himself with the performers there. It just climbs the ladder. It climbs the ladder, basically, and uh, sort of... Uh, creates an act of his own and he sort of becomes too entangled with it to the point that creates conflict and uh bloodshed i would say um so yeah that's the synopsis of this film i predicted what was going to happen at the end when the scene with him and willem dafoe sitting in the restaurant where willem dafoe explains to him how he gets the geek i knew that that's how he was going to end up at the end of the movie yep i just I just fucking knew it. And then it happens, and I'm just sitting in my seat going, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, yep, I knew it. So (laughs) that's the foreshadowing with it, because really there's no real reason for Defoe to have that conversation with him. Exactly. And so when it kind of pops up, I was like, you know, but uh, it was more of the character unraveling. Yeah. And the events that take place and oh my god, Guillermo del Toro, dude, some of his the his his camera work and the the lighting, the and production his, design. Oh, dude, just I loved I loved the production design of the first half of this film. Like where they're at like and not to say that the last half is bad, but like the first half in particular, like stood out. Well, of course, you're at the carnival. You're, yeah, you're I mean, the, the circus and, performers. Yeah, are the yeah, and you're you know you're going through. It's muddy. I mean, they're living on scraps. I mean, you got the tents, and they do such a. It's dirty. It's warped. There's like all these different like kind of gothic things happening, and it's very like pleasing and stylistic to look at. Yeah, and the and it's and the other funny thing about it too is it's uh 
you know, it's like when you go down to Summer Celebration or if you've ever been to a, you know, a circus or a carnival and just hearing all the music going on and the... The, the atmosphere. Yeah, and you can hear, like, you know, the ping when the metal hits or you can hear some of the uh, tunes being played, you know. Or you like, hear someone shout, step right up, step right up. Any yeah. volunteers, like yep. that sort of vibe happening. And it's just, it, yeah, and it really brings back some sort of nostalgia. I feel like, at least when I was watching, I was like, God, but at the same token, they, they contrast it with... The behind the scenes of what's really yeah. going on the kind of like horrific nature of it yeah that everyone's living on pennies and dollars and that everyone's and like working in people angle. are being abused in cages like living well, in squalor that one was a little i that one i didn't i was like why but then <laughs> uh, it was to set up the end that's uh, why yeah that's and it why. fucking disturbed me and like <laughs> and like even though i knew it was it's kind of like one of those things where you see it coming but you're like don't let it be like i know he made some errors but please like that is not the way that you want to go out in this world Mm -hmm. like and i think my half of it is too is just i feel really bad for people that get like hooked on a drug you know like you get hooked on something like and at a certain point you're not in control anymore and you that was and he was gonna he was living off food like Mm -hmm. it's a basic necessity that like we're gonna we're gonna use you and we're gonna put you out here and all we're gonna do is feed you like that's how we're gonna get you by until eventually you need too much of the drug that we can't give you and then we you know drop you off yeah we dump you at like a a back alley hospital yep and that was it's that's it was so it's the circle of life (laughs) like i was like (laughs) Just watching, I was like, "Oh my god!" To live in that world at that, you know, with what he had to go through, but he probably deserved everything that happened to him. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, it's. I think that's the biggest positive I have with this film is the the rise and fall aspect of it. Yeah, because it's very thorough in the way that it shows this guy who like starts out very mid level. You know, obviously he's like running away from something in his past. You know, he like it's implied that he kills his dad and like buries him and burns the house. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on his own, starts a clean slate, has endless possibilities of where he could go. And then you see the events happen of like him joining the circus, him becoming infatuated with one of the performers. He gets ingratiated with this way of performing, act. this act where he elevates himself as this clairvoyant. Like this sort of psychic medium. He's not, but it's the it's the angle that he works. It's so the he, angle that he works, yeah. Because there's, there's not actually that element in the movie. The guy, you know, was telling him you can't you can't believe it. It's mm-hmm. you, you wield too much power when you do it. Exactly, and and the conflict comes when he like becomes obsessed with it, and he he starts to to be able to control how people think and like what they do and like how you know. Like telling them what they want to hear, basically, and like court, like work a crowd. I yeah, guess was, I mean, it, he was a con. He was he was a con man. He was telling you exactly what you wanted to hear, but mm-hmm. he was using you to tell you what you wanted. Yeah, that that specific method that and was like working over and over again for him. I yeah, and so he 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 convinces himself that oh shit, I can actually do these sorts of things and I can just keep going with it. And then, uh, it, because it comes to a point where it gets too big for him and then it all oh, comes yeah. crashing down. Such a big way. Yeah. Very big way. And I thought that the whole arc itself was very compelling. Some of the elements of it, I was not too keen on. Like, um, I mentioned before how like the first half of this movie, I liked more than the last half. And I think that's just because, 
some of the characters I really I really didn't buy all too much like uh Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Mhm. Kate Blanchett being the most egregious one out of everyone. And then the the old man that he like tries to scam at the end with like the dead wife like coming back to life or something. Like I mean it's just, you know, it's part of what they're it's it's part of the hoax or it's part mm. of the game that you're playing. I mean, what else do you do? I mean, and there might be a guy that has that much that much money in the world that would say I want to I mean, fuck, dude. Walt Disney chopped off his head and it's in some cryogenic <laughs> chamber. Like, it's not out of the realm that, you know, people would would pay good money if they thought that you could do it. You right. Know, but they're just like, I want to make sure it's spent on something that I know will get done. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I... So, watching it, there was a lot of... My takeaways were a lot of the seven sins. There was okay. a lot of that going on, like when they were eating. Um the way that William Defoe was eating compared to the times and where people were at, I thought was like gluttony. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, Bradley Cooper had his pride, his pride one. Yeah, pride and um, greed. Yeah, definitely greed for um, sure. Lust is yeah, in there. Definitely lust. Sloth got sprinkled in with the geek, um, even though unfortunately not on him, which is probably why they had him as that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I can't think of the other. There's a couple other ones. I, I know I was like, there's like, there's wrath, um, wrath from the old guy. Yeah. Who would take, who would kill anyone that didn't, um, fit into what he wanted. He mm-hmm. also had greed. A lot of the, a lot of this was based off of greed. Yeah. As the, the rise to, to get to the ultimate the top. But I mean, it was kind of based off of, it's so weird. Cause in the book of Eli, there's this, uh, have you ever seen it? No, I have not. Gary Oldman wants a book, and he thinks that it can command everyone. And uh, it's always bizarre that there's a philosophy that people try to attain. Not necessarily of value, but mm-hmm. it's of the ultimate value. So in this one, it was hope. So all of those people were driving to hope, you know, or providing it, mm-hmm. or aspiring to get it, or receive it. You know, So I, I really like that aspect of it. And I thought everyone in this movie was working an angle, which I also really liked. Like, Kate Blanchett, not necessarily the greatest actress, worked an angle on Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, the old guy. I mean, I don't think he was really working angles, but definitely it was like, if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and yeah. You, you know, and get away with it. Definitely trying to use things to his own advantage. Yeah. Everyone in this film was using the other person. I think the only person that might not have been uh, was Margot. Uh, or, um, oh, his, uh, Numi Repace, I think you're the wife. Is that Naomi? Naomi. Or, I thought that was the girl from her? the dragon tattoo. Uh, let me so, verify. Um, uh, Rooney Mara. Sorry. That's who I'm, yeah. I think, and she was using Bradley Cooper, but I think it was kind of out of support and love as yeah. it was to like get to her ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. But I, so that's why I really like the film. That and with the production design, I mean, I thought it really, everyone in this film never felt trustworthy, mm-hmm. which I give that a lot of credit to. Um, you know, just be able to hold that for two and a half hours. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and it stayed true to itself. I don't think it ever went in a direction that I didn't agree with Mm -hmm. and the payoff. I mean, that's why I think I was so affected by it. I was like, that's probably the most accurate thing that could happen. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It was compelling. And like visually too, it was very, uh, stunning Guillermo del Toro 
excuse me, my my mouth is Kenneth. That's another shirt. Yeah, does have a bird on it that's just going? Yeah, yeah. Kenneth. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed this film overall. I thought it yeah. was decent. Um, it definitely wasn't my favorite, but mm-hmm. uh, had some value to it for sure. And I think something that I took away from it too was like how opportunity in America can kind of turn on you. Yeah, how you can view the opportunistic nature of where we live uh, as a way to exploit people and sort of make it for yourself mm-hmm. kind of parallels Willem Dafoe's character with Bradley Cooper's character. Um, once he starts getting into like his own head about it, um, starts to exploit people for his own gain, making money off of their grief. Basically. I thought they were both the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was really, I, I'm not going to lie. When that scene first came up, I, I was thinking that uh, Cooper was going to turn into Dafoe. He kind of did in a way. A little bit, but he it was on a grander scale. Yeah. It was his like own twisted version of what Willem Dafoe was doing. Right. Just basically exploiting people for his own his own profit. Yeah. Um and I think he like I don't know if it's on purpose, but he does like the little mustache too when he gets into it. Defoe is so good. Kind of reflects Defoe. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he gets into like older coop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of takes on that sort of showmanship personality mm-hmm. too. After uh, after he becomes a big name for himself, um, yeah. No, now that I'm thinking about it, that's definitely a parallel that happens in this film. Oh, it was it. Yeah, there's a lot, of, dude. Everyone's working an angle. Everyone. The funny thing I thought of, not to cut you up, but like, no, you're good. The funny thing I thought about it was everyone working an angle, but that angle gets you to the same point. Uh huh. And I think that's why they were like, at, at least for me, why they were kind of using some of the seven sins in there, just mm-hmm. to, to, to say like, you know, if you if you're conflicted with any one of these things and you're abusing it, you all end up at the same spot. Yeah. You know, like whether you now, I would say Cooper got the worst of it. <laughs> but like, yeah. Like, oh, I can. I will. Oh, that ending was so tragic. Ah, <laughs> uh, but. I thought there's a lot of everyone doing the same thing. I you could even uh, parallel Blanchette to Cooper, mm-hmm. like, yeah. In a lot of what they're doing, I think maybe the only guy that really isn't relatable to any of the characters is the old man, mm-hmm. and but he's the one that's getting he's the con, or yeah. he's the one get that's getting con. So he's, you know, yeah, he's the mark. Yeah, so most of the time the mark that you know there's nothing unrelatable, but it's funny because Cooper was Blanchette's mark. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you could say Blanchett was probably the old man's mark or someone the a politician's mark. So everyone in this, everyone had to play in this game, and everyone had to work their angle to try to get to the top. And mm-hmm. we just so happen to see a lot of the the downfall. Yeah, it's a like I said, favorite part of the movie that that arc of just the rise and the fall. Yeah most compelling part of the film. For so me. yeah, so I would say so. I mean, like when you, it's funny because you say it's like. So the art, it kind of the rise and the fall starts in the second half, but the first half you actually liked more visually, or was it like just the sort of atmosphere and tone? Because mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the expectation of what the movie was going to be for the entire thing for me. Agreed, I thought so too. Yeah, and so when it does switch up to Bradley Cooper doing his own thing, I don't want to say it was jarring, but it was just kind of, mm, I don't know. Not out of left field, but just so, like a different tone. No, I agree. Because the other thing, too, that you have to buy into is that that person wants to see his dead wife or that Bradley Cooper can't make these. And it's like we're living in 2022. So, like, 
not happening. Yeah. But to go back at that point when hope was like, you know, probably something that you wish you could buy. Yeah. Right after the depression, <laughs> it's like, man, maybe that. So it, it, there's a little bit of that believability. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another. I mean, Nightmare Alley to get nominated too. I mean, that's. I'm thinking about it now. Like, it's a little bit of a horror genre to get thrown in there. Yeah, that's why I said like other than Nightmare Alley when comparing Dune to like the rest of the category those, uh, movies. Those two might have been. I mean, kind of the. the have you seen The Shape of Water? Uh, no, not yet. I want to, but okay. The only Del Toro movie I've seen besides this is uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Love it. Yeah, fantastic film. Um. So yeah, I think we can uh, maybe move on. Is there anything else you wanted to say about no, that? No, I'm good. This is a this is a solid eight out of ten, like a very solid eight out of ten. Uh, I don't think it go up to nine or down to seven. I just think that this is like pretty much stapled right there, mm-hmm. um, and that's I think that's pretty. It it won't be swayed. I'll yeah. just say I don't think I'll ever get in an argument with someone that will make it better or worse than for me. I uh, I think I'm going to put this one at a comfortable seven. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, not too different from yours, but I don't know if I got as much from this film as you did. Um, For sure. And uh, definitely liked films like Dune and... Uh, <laughs> and not like Nightmare Alley. So. <laughs> yeah, and uh, King Richard a little bit better than this. Yeah. But still good overall. No, for sure. Um, so what else haven't we talked about yet? We haven't talked about uh, Don't Look Up. Let's so, save. I want to save. Drive my car for the end. Okay, we'll save that one for the I, end. I really. I, I that one is the most. Um, that one has a lot of like sway ability. So mm-hmm. that could easily switch with Belfast. And I'm not. I'm. I feel like the guy that's like I. I, I listen to a song, and like at first I was like, man, that song was kind of dumb, and then I heard it again, and I didn't even hear it. I just started thinking about the lyrics or something. I'm like, yeah, it kind of. It's not a bad song. Mm-hmm. And like I'm starting to hum it a little bit. Yeah, and I'm like. Okay. Gets a little earworm. Yeah. And I'm mm. like, so we'll save that because that one I could fan up. Let's do, um, so we did Nightmare Alley. Um, you wanna, it sounds like, you want to, I would say, um, so we, it was a little bit of a difference. Uh, let's do, let's do uh, Don't Look Up. Okay. Don't Look Up. I, I think had it's it, time. I had it at my second to last. I had it at my last. And All right. Let's, let's roll up our sleeves here. Let's, um, let's dive deep. Uh, I don't even. I'm not gonna even. I don't. I, <laughs> we don't have to spend too much time on you it. You can. You. I know you did not like it, and like at the time, I kind of gave you shit, and then I watched it, and it's not. I don't think it's as bad as you. It was. You sounded more upset with it. I was more upset at how people were perceiving this film. Okay. Because I don't think that it deserved to be nominated for best so picture. Political satire is not something that you are ingratiated with well i'm okay with political satire but i don't think it was done in an original and compelling way sure because to me i said this before i'll say it again it felt like a big budget south park episode like the jokes were very much like kind of that same quality actually you're right it did and 100 percent. like the the sort of like character attitudes towards things were that sort of like cynical like south park attitude that works for that show because it's like a compacted half hour long episode one dimensional characters that have to continue the same tone exactly yeah whereas like this movie it's like trying its hardest to like convey like this important subject matter to you in a way that's like satirical and that's fine but i hate the way that it acts like it's the most important movie 
in the world and how other people think it's the most important movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't. I didn't necessarily see. It's funny that you say that because the way I watching it, maybe it's after the whole you know the dust fell off. Mm. Um, it really just felt like McKay wanting to get out there and just poke fun at Trump for two hours. Yeah, and how he handled COVID. Like, right, that was like he. Was, it just felt it, like he's like I'm going to do the most I can to. It was very opportunistic. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I think he actually took Meryl Streep because he wanted a female representing him because that would be the most upsetting thing in his. For his ego, you know, mm. is that this is how the world see? You know, I don't even know about sees you because I mean, I you know, it's it's so on the nose. It's yeah. very not subtle at all, and I I I I, I don't. <laughs> no, I agree, dude. I didn't. I didn't think at first. I there were. I laughed out loud a couple times. I think there are some. There are some lines or some moments that are kind of funny, mm-hmm. but it. It just it missed the mark for me, and by the second half or the third act, I really didn't care. Yeah, like it, it's it's so cynical. Have you seen Vice? Because I believe he directed or wrote. He did the screenplay for Vice. I it's haven't about, seen Vice. I've seen the Big Short. Okay, so I mean they kind of fall in the same same type of. Well, actually, no. This is completely different than those two because there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in that, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean I guess in this one kind of like. When Leonardo's screaming at you. Yeah, when he's like screaming hardcore into the camera, just like ranting about how everyone's going to die. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, I mean, maybe a little bit of that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't yeah. know. It just, to me, it was unoriginal and kind of self important up its own ass a little bit. A little bit. And I think, I think. Maybe Netflix got McKay. I don't know. I always feel like their political moves going on too. Like McKay didn't have his heart in it, so he's just like, "I'll just make you something." It's Netflix. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I can't help but think that when he was making it, he was probably thinking to himself, "Oh, this is going to be so important, and uh, I'm people are going to look at me as a serious filmmaker after this movie." I don't. Well, see, which I mean, I don't know why he would think that because I I already like The Big Short. I don't think. See, that's why I guess maybe where we kind of because I don't think he sees it like that. I think Netflix just bought him out and he's like, I'll fucking write you something. Maybe. Who knows? Well, because the only reason why I say this is like Netflix, Amazon, Apple, mm-hmm. way lesser quality than Miramax, Universal. Um, what it's you know, name another big production house, uh, 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you're kind of. Big fish compared to like small fish, big fish. So like, I think when they're grabbing people to do these things, it always feels like these guys are like, I need a break. I'm gonna do something that's really easy. I'll hop in and do a Netflix film because mm-hmm. it's like, what's it matter? I mean, but now the big push though is that the Academy's starting to recognize these. Like Apple winning with Coda, mm-hmm. pretty big win for Apple. Yeah, I like, mean Coda. A, you've got Power of the Dog. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't look up. Like, uh, a lot of these movies are, you know, streaming service only. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. I don't know. I mean, I know that that's how you felt. I didn't really feel like to me some of the time it feels like guys, like I get a shot to make fun of a large group of people. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. Maybe that's why I made it kind of South Park. It was like, I'm just going to make them like stupid this whole time. Cause that's how I feel. Yeah. So I don't, it felt more vindictive than it did. Um, message preachy to me at least, but gotcha. it's still, didn't yeah. need it. Felt, yeah, felt a little <laughs> like, too preachy for my my liking. Yeah, I did like Mark Rylance though. At first, I hated him, and then he really grew he was, on me. He and was the, very amusing. Oh my god! By the <laughs> end of it, when like all the ships are going down, and he's like, uh, 
I'll be right back. Yeah, I will. Say, I will say he played his character well. Oh my god! And I hated him when he first came on the screen. I was like, I'm not dealing with the shit with Mark Rylance for yeah. fucking two hours. And mm-hmm. then by the end of it, I was like, kind of funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, he becomes like one of the more endearing parts of it. Yeah, in a way, um, this really detached tech billionaire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> who's old and senile. Um, yeah, we don't have to talk about this one too much. I probably um, give this one a this one. I probably give um, oh boy. <laughs> it's difficult. Well, I don't like dipping down below six, but it's um, mm. it's close. It's a five or a six. I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I I had it at a six. Mm-hmm. I think I still have it at a six, but I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna lower it to a five. It's just like giving it some time to marinate and thinking about it, how I feel towards it's it. It's impactful though. I mean, if it's uh, if it's pissed you off this much, I mean, maybe <laughs> I should say at a six. I mean, it's it's invokes something, whether good or bad. <laughs> right. The movies that I have that are threes and fours are like gone. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I just look at it and I'm like, I know I've seen it. Don't remember much of it. I don't want to look at you anymore. Yeah, like uh, get away from me. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Yeah, and I, we don't, and I was curious because I had seen it recently. I, I went to the Tigers opening weekend, so um, watched three games, and I got back on Sunday, and I threw it on Sunday night when I got back. And, uh, you know, I was just watching it. I mean, it kind of it, – it just went it, – it really started out kind of like, all right, and then it just fell off a fucking hill. Yeah. Like, he got <laughs> really – yeah. yeah. Uh, he got – yeah. Yeah. We don't need to say too much more about it. Um. So you wanted to save Drive My Car for Last. Do you want to talk about West Side Story? Sure. Um, the, uh, the the musical in this, this in was this group. so to me. So where did you have this one? This was nine. Okay. I now, think this was my third to last. Yeah. Okay. So West Side Story, I believe, is somewhat of a Romeo and Juliet. It is based off Romeo and Juliet, which like I f- the original yeah. screenplay. Okay, that's what I mean. But it's just done in the in New York. Yeah, like it's, it's like an, and the sharks, and it's like an urban take on Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet. Yeah, and not like Leonardo's urban take. No, not like that one. Where <laughs> they just take the they take the whole play of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, and, and they put just it into downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, with guns instead of swords. And e. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like that. Um, obviously, the dialogue is updated, but mm-hmm. um, I am not too big on musicals to begin with. I'm not either. So this film was okay for me. Like it was slightly, you know, I liked it better than Don't Look Up. But to me, musicals, I have a hard time when something takes me out of a story. Mm-hmm. When I'm watching a movie for the story and for like the characters in it. And they're talking to each other and they're going through these different conflicts and they're having these arguments and these fights, but they're also having these like moments of passion and embracing. And then all of a sudden they just break out into dance and song and then they do their thing, do the dance and song. And then they're supposed to I pretend could see you as a writer being like pissed off watching. That. They're supposed to pretend <laughs> that that he's whimsical doing the, he's dance doing the and motions song, too, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> they're doing that whimsical dance and song. And then we're supposed to pretend that they weren't doing those things and they get right back into the fight of it. It's like, hmm, I have an issue with this. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's more so just my perspective on musicals in general. I, mean, I would have to imagine all writers, like I would feel like that is like where they just go, bullshit, 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 bullshit. Yeah. And there are musicals that I enjoy. That's true. Like, like uh, I would have rather seen Tick, Tick, Boom nominated for Best Picture than West Side Story. 
personally. Yeah, where they kind of fit in, they, it's interwoven and it fits yeah. the story and it makes sense. It makes as, sense uh, because they're all like in musical theater and he's a, he's a screen, like a playwright trying right. to get his musical off the ground and they're already entrenched in that world. It makes sense from that sure. standpoint. In this like Romeo and Juliet street gang story, it it's a little jarring when they're dancing around tossing a gun to each other in a whimsical fashion. <laughs> yes, I agree. I I did not take it at that. I knew going into this, I was like, I'm going to keep an open mind, and I uh, just want to watch. I'll just take it in and see how it is. And if Coda, Coda is a souffle, this is like a Sam's Club uh, birthday cake. <laughs> so, you know, if anyone's listening, I'm sorry. It's one of those, those are like, delicious. It's one of those like, f- like pre-frozen cakes, too. It's yeah. not like a... You know, right. freshly made. Go to Meyer and pick it up, and you're like, "Yeah, this has been here for five days or whatever," and it's mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah, chilled like enough. A, yeah, all they have to do is like put icing on it, and then like write your name, and yep. that's it. That's and you've got a birthday cake. There you go, and that's how. And I was like, "It's not bad." I actually, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, some of the cinemato- cinematography and the shots, very impressive. The opening sweep mm-hmm. of the city, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, some of the 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 dancing, pretty impressive. Yeah. You like, know when it comes to musicals like doing their thing like i appreciate those sorts of things about it too like yeah. i i appreciate the choreography and the dancing and the visuals i especially liked the cinematography of this movie as well yeah i thought it was very interesting and unique i did too i could not i the there's the one the gun scene that you're talking about that that fight uh, that fight scene dancing that was pretty impressive i really enjoyed that i thought mm-hmm. I thought he he got his nut off a little bit too much with the lighting. Uh, <laughs> like I was a little annoyed. He's like it was a little too clean. It, yeah, for right. the backdrop of these greasers versus these Puerto Ricans, yeah. you know. And it's like we work hard, blue collar, not accepted by society. A little too clean. Yeah, on the right. lighting. <laughs> like just a little. And I know we're making it whimsical. Mm-hmm. You know, like we got to live in this world, this fantasy world of you know, like oh, it's gonna be better maybe, but like. Come on. Yeah. And there, yeah, some shots I, I really enjoyed. Um, a lot of them, particularly in like the salt shed. Yeah. I really liked that scene. Um, when uh, the, it's not her sister, like her friend, like the supporting actress. I think it's, she won. She did. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was her brother's girlfriend. Yeah. Her fiance. When she had her song um, in like the alleyway when they're like all the women are like in the windows. Yeah. I liked that. It was a very good. Yeah. That was probably one of my favorite songs. That was really well done. Um, in that film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would probably say my least favorite one was when they're tossing the gun back and forth to each other. Yeah. Like at the at the dock or whatever. Scared boy, dared boy. I <laughs> won't you grow hair, boy. I did not I did not take to that one at all. Yeah. I I, I was about to say mine, uh, I thought Ant Anton Alger. Oh, uh uh Anton Anson El- An- Anson. Anson Anson Elgor. Elgor. Anson yeah, Anson Elgor. I thought he was flat the whole film. He's flat in almost everything he's in. Well, I mean, like, I'm saying his his tone. Like, oh. his singing was... I thought you meant his acting. That is what took me out. Okay. Oh, I mean, come on, dude. It's like, he's well, like a 6'5 fucking dude. Well, one... one Ansel, Ansel Elgort. Ansel? Mm-hmm. Okay. His name, I think, was Tony. And he said it's Anton, but you can call me Tony. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I think I had Anton, but... uh. 
No, dude, he's he's dude. I mean, it's all, all he's got to do is be in here for the looks. You know, mm-hmm. he literally doesn't have to do shit. Yeah. Um. Uh. <laughs> I had two problems. What was I'm that? I'm curious as to where you're at because I was bringing him up to um, I was bringing up to you know my friend that I watched this with. Uh-huh. Uh huh. one, salt said salt 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 sedge scene. It's damn <laughs> tongue twister. Try yeah. saying that five times fast. Seriously, or once. <laughs> <laughs> um, Salt shed scene. Yes. Boom. End scene. All right. Uh, boom. Brother mm-hmm. down. Finds the girl. Mm-hmm. She knows. Yep. They're crying. Socks come off. Pants go down. That was so fucking absurd. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on here? I'm glad that you did that too. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was man. like, I was, does this really happen like this? I was like, so I was so shocked. They so basically the context of what happens is um the the main girl's brother uh is like the leader of the sharks. Yep. The Puerto Rican gang. And they go up to fight in the salt shed against the what was their name? The the pinballs or whatever. Like they were the jets. The jets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking pinballs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they go and fight the jets in the salt shed, and then the conflict ends with Tony, I think accidentally, right? No. Or no, was no, it? No, 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 no. Or no, no, no yeah, no. it was on that, purpose. He, it was he, with a vengeance. His, his buddy gets killed. His buddy gets killed, and he so was then like, how dare you? Yeah, in a moment of passion, uh, he goes and he stabs uh his his sweetheart's brother uh and kills him yep and so then obviously he's running from the police running from the law he goes to her place like right after he she already knows that her brother's dead and that he killed her or killed him yep and uh she's like i can't believe you killed my brother slap slap in the face hey you want a bone and then that's it. <laughs> Wake up the next morning, they're both naked. And then the best part is, so I was we're watching this, I was like, the best part is he hits it and quits it. He wakes up, he's like, I gotta go, babe. Yeah, he's and he's like, not even sure. quick about it, too, because then the girl opens the door, and he's right there Dude, climbing out the window. He's already out. I was like, what a fucking dog. You talk about law. Yeah. It's like, this dude comes in, kills a brother, porks her, and then he's like, see a deuces. Yeah. <laughs> No, no conversation, nothing. Like that's why I have such a problem with musicals. They almost always make them that way. They make them in this super jarring, like everything's so fast, and you nothing, don't have time to process. Nothing feels natural. Nothing right. feels like it would actually take place and well, be like a real reaction. In a whimsical world, you're living in this made up world. You so are, but you it's to, so absurd. <laughs> it really. I mean, I just was watching. I was like, oh, <laughs> like. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. She's into some weird shit. Uh, I just was like, I, I'm like, I was sitting there. I was like, this is like Romeo and Joey. I was like, all right, come on. Like, and then I'm like, he's going back there. I was like, there's no way they fuck. <laughs> and like, he gets down on his knees and I'm like, okay, like you're going to do like the, all right, uh, I forgive you. Get out of here. Let me think about it. Kiss, kiss. And I was like, they're going to the bed. I was like, yeah. dude, this dog. And I was like, I was like, this is so weird too. Like her brother's dying, so she's still processing that, and she's losing her virginity. Well, also he's processing the fact that he killed somebody. Yeah, and they're processing together. Apparently, they're, yeah, yeah, they're processing uh, <laughs> with the lower halves of their body. Yeah, not the upper half. Bumping uglies. Jesus Christ. Uh, so then the other problem that I had, uh-huh. two major problems in this film, which are both very like how or why all uh, right that one was kind of a how this is the why uh the rape scene that almost occurs yeah like yeah was that that wasn't necessary was anything 
I'm Anything? almost wondering if a lot of what they included was from the original uh, play. Do you need to? I Yeah, I was going to say, if you're adapting a story, you don't need to include all aspects of How about of not it. only that, but like, let's not have the sweet old Puerto Rican chick that just goes, you ought to be ashamed, you guys are nothing. And, they, and I'm like, they literally are nothing, so that means shit to them. They're right. fucking the lowest of the planet <laughs> right now, and you just go, you're even lower than that. Like, okay, lady. Yeah. Like, nothing happens. There's no recourse. It's like, oh, we almost raped her because we're angry. Oh, okay. Well, let's just take off. Yeah, all these characters that, like, a few scenes before were like happily singing jokingly in like a police station are now all of a sudden like <laughs> perpetuators of sexual assault. Dude, it would and have we're been supposed like, to feel something for them. Like if you were watching like the Teletubbies and all of a sudden like a stranger came on and they got out like a lead pipe and bashed them <laughs> and like hit them a couple times and just like looked around and went back to singing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like everyone's like, what was that? Yeah. Like, what did we just watch? Uh, uh, excuse me, teacher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> like, like that happened. I was like watching this. I kind of, and I'm watching this. It was like one in the morning and I was like looking around. I was like, did they, are they going to acknowledge? And then the lady does acknowledge. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Like, why? What? Steven, what, when you read the fucking script, like, can't you just be like, let's take it out guys. Yeah. We could easily throw something else in here. I honestly kind of forgot that Steven Spielberg directed it. Bizarre. <laughs> it was so dude. It was, <laughs> I, I think it's, stu- it stuck with me the most because of some of the conflict, just the bizarreness of it all. Just, and like, I know dude, it's, it's that musical format does not bode with that kind and of story you're taking I feel like. you're like so and especially if they're gonna go that route of like being really dark about it okay i was about to say so you got you got the the whimsical side of it uh-huh you've got the fact that this is on a play from the what when did shakespeare write i'm not gonna try to even guess it. i mean let's ballpark it 1500s okay there we go play off that that they modernized in 1960 70 that uh, Steven Spielberg is now adapting. Yeah, I think the original one was 1959. You've got four fucking layers of <laughs> shit in here that he just stro- like, and it's just like, let's just make it really happy. Yeah. And like, they just wrapped it up and sent it out. So there's these <laughs> things that happen that you're watching, you're like, yeah, the lighting's really bright. The dancing and the songs are like whimsical. Yeah. And then you've got scenes where these dudes are trying to rape this chick. Yeah. Or we're just going to kill the brother and bang the broad. Yeah, yeah. That too. That uh, one. Oh, my God. It, I'm telling you. There were like, but the last, and then the last part of this movie was just so bizarre to me that I, like, I really don't remember oh, the first two. The scene when, like, he dies, he gets shot, and then. They all pick him up. They all pick him up, and, she, like, well, before that, too, when she's like, do I have any bullets for you and myself? And like, she's upset, but then they all pick him up and they like form this weird funeral line in the street. Like he's the Lord Jesus Christ. And I like, <laughs> as the movie's ending, I'm like, did he really like, I don't feel like these gangs are any closer together. Like it doesn't no. feel like anything got solved here besides him just being dead. <laughs> like, and I was like, and then the kids like walking behind. He's like, I just killed that guy. Like he's walking, like he's upset. And I'm like, he's probably just pissed off. He's going to do fucking life yeah. in prison for killing someone that out of nothing. Cause he's the only scene he had with the brother was like, Hey man, we're kind of cool. You're the smartest cat I know. And you're the coolest cat I know. So let's just be the best friends. Yeah. Uh huh. So yeah, anyways, I, let I digress. It was, that's why it is. I, I think 
between now just talking about this Belfast, uh, this and don't look up. Those are probably the last three. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, we can we can go ahead and rate this one. So um, I give this one a six out of ten. Mm, okay, I'm gonna go seven. Okay. Yeah, and I'm and it sounds like everyone's like, "Whoa, Mac, what are you talking about?" Well, I still can't get past it. Was amazingly shot. I thought it was really well done. I mean, the acting, the chore- the choreography, the cinematography, the songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the very fact, well presented. Yeah, and the fact that it had very bizarre scenes in it in a Oscar nominated film that we're gonna I'm gonna be thinking about. I will have this conversation with other people in five years mm-hmm. when they talk about West Side Story, and if we're talking about that one, I'll be like, "Remember the." Remember that like weird scene where that chick almost got raped? Yeah, or the scene where uh, she bangs him after he kills her brother? Yeah, openly admits that she knows, too. Yeah. Like, fucking her brother's killer. I feel like more people are going to pick up on it later than you and me. Like, it'll be something that they think about in retrospect, like, maybe a year down the line. Like, yeah, that was a weird part of that film, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that's why, I, that's why I was making the Teletubby reference. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, everyone's just watching it, and then it's like, oh, that happened. And then it's just, oh, there they are again. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> it's like, are we not going to acknowledge that they just fucking killed someone with a lead pipe? Right. And it's like, no, he gets part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's how it's always been. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, hold on. Hold on one second, guys. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, but I, 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 yeah, it's a seven out of 10. It's so well done, you know, yeah. so. It's still well presented. Yeah. Just didn't connect. Um. Okay. So let's talk about maybe licorice pizza. Sure. Um. This was also one of the l- l- more later films that I saw. Uh, I think this was like mm. the third to last one. Okay. Um, so I think what, uh, not deterred, but what's the word I'm looking for? Deterred. Kind of, well, anyway. Turd. My expectations for this film, I think, were higher sure. than what I got out of it's it. It's a PTA film? <clears throat> it's a PTA film. I really like the two movies from him that I've seen. Uh, there will be Blood being one of my favorites, and then I really enjoyed The Master. So I was expecting like a lot from this film, and of course, like when this film was first coming out, like everyone who had seen it was praising it, mm-hmm. saying it was like, "Oh, this is like one of the best films of the year. This is like one of the best films I've seen in like such a long time." Paul Thomas Anderson knocks it out of the park, and I watched it finally after like it being out for I don't know like a year. Yeah, and. I thought it was good, mm-hmm. and it, there's not much past that for me. Like I thought the presentation was solid. I thought the acting was really good, especially yeah. for younger actors. I thought I I was definitely impressed with um, Cooper Hoffman. Oh God, yeah. Uh, as Gary Valentine, you know, just very like reflective of the sort of actor that his father was, Philip mm-hmm. Seymour Hoffman. And uh, it's not like he was playing a character that was, you know already kind of like a bland teenager you know he had personality he had nuance so i had to do a little bit i I looked up a little bit about the film Mm -hmm. uh there were a couple things that i wanted to know um because there was just a couple like things that happened like uh cooper's character Mm -hmm. barbara streisand's boyfriend yeah is that a real guy (laughs) it's a real guy it it was i was curious about that too so and but then i looked up uh pta basis script off him and his friend in southern los angeles during the was it 1980 if I'm remembering uh, right, I think the seven or is it seventy four? There was a verify. gas strike going on, and I think Nixon was president. So seventy two. Yes, maybe? Nixon was president. Um, 
because they had that scene with him on the TV. Yeah, but his butt. This is so he. Oh, his buddy did these things. Yep, nineteen seventies. Seventies. Yeah. So his his buddy did these things. Like there was uh the the uh, councilman race. It wasn't uh, wax running, mm-hmm. but there was a councilman. Uh, his buddy did start a sold water beds and started a uh, pinball pin, arcade. That, that <laughs> honestly happened in nineteen and when they. <laughs> California's fucked up, man. <laughs> they in 1937 or 38 uh, banned pinballs because they count, counted it as gambling. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, they finally because I think they ruled it as a game of chance. Mm-hmm. But I, there's not a payout, right? It's so, just the points you get. Obviously, some lobbyists got a lot of bucks for that one. Mm-hmm. But then they allowed it again. Because in the film they go on, he hears that Wax is on this thing that the that this reform's coming back. So mm-hmm. Gary Valentine gets out in front and buys all these pinball machines. His very, buddy, very opportunistic. His buddy, his buddy did that. Like a lot of the stories that he wrote is what him and his friend went through. Um, so I had to look up, and actually the one scene, you know, the, that I like this kid too, mm-hmm. where the kid on the plane. Hey, como estas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When he like goes up to her. My name. Yeah. He's he, just very mild mannered. And fucking like, just, yeah, Rico Suave, man. Like, he <laughs> walked up. He's very confident and cool. Like, yeah. Uh, that was that character was based on his friend. Okay. And that's and then it kind of Gary Valentine was the other half of his entrepreneurial spirit. I like uh, I like this context that I'm getting right now. I'm learning a lot. That's what I so I when I'm, I was like you. I saw it and I was like. That, that was fun. I had a fun time, and mm-hmm. you got and it was. I, I was thinking more about it as a relationship and the coming of age and kind of getting to know someone. And and truly, that's probably the closest you'll ever feel to how it, like trying to get a girlfriend at that time. Yeah, you know, like and it's outlandish. Well, not I mean, not outlandish, but um, it just kind of circles back into itself. Well, I'm saying like it. I did not go through that. I wasn't buying pinballs at 15. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. so that, that's where it's outlandish. But mm-hmm. in terms of what you're going through and that, and, and trying to, you know, get, you know, hook up with someone or fall in love with someone or get someone's number and go through all the, all that trials and tribulations of that, just to touch a boob, like, <laughs> you know, like it's dude, that was how, I mean, it kind of was. And then mm-hmm. you have all these other events going on. So, uh, so I ended up, I wanted to see some things. I ended up writing, uh, reading a little bit on this article. And a lot of this is events that were happening in the time that he remembers are events that he was going through with his buddy. His buddy was on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, nine, 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 nine beds above my roof or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what was that show called? It was something. Yeah. Whatever it goes. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's, and that's, that's what he was writing it off of. Now, obviously some of it's out of context. I don't know if they actually sold the waterbed to Barbara Streisand's boyfriend. Right. But um, that guy. So do you remember when they're on the street mm-hmm. and he sees those two gals? He goes, yeah. Hey, do you guys like peanut butter sandwiches? Yeah. He's like smashing the windows and then he sees them and he's like, hey, you guys like peanut butter sandwiches? He, that was a pickup line of his. Oh, he, really? They had to get that. Co- they had to ask that guy if he could be in the film. And he said, as long as you use that line, that was my favorite pickup line. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so, because I thought it was so bizarre that he does that. It's really he's, he's, he's so Dude, pissed off, alcoholic. That whole sequence, yeah. of them dropping off the waterbed for Barbara Streisand's boyfriend, mm-hmm. and then him like going off on his own. They like leak the waterbed in his house. Yep. They go to leave. 
he like comes back with a gas canister like all like pissed off super pissed oh yeah and then he makes them drive them to the gas station they drive into the gas station they drive past his car smash it they realize that they're out of gas so then they've got to like do this whole sequence where she like just backs up down these like hollywood hills Ah! i favorite scene in the whole movie so so oh my god i was was on the edge of my seat i was like holy shit where is this sequence coming from? where are we going because like the whole point like up up to that point in the movie, the whole movie is very like I don't want to say laid back, but it's one hundred percent. There's no conflict. The yeah, biggest conflict is is them trying to. It's pretty fall like in love. yeah, it's pretty like easygoing yes. for the most part. And then you get to that scene, and you're like, holy shit! There's actually conflict happening here, and it feels like you're getting a, like a a piece of candy in uh in otherwise like decent meal. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like whoa. And you, you haven't been given candy in like five years. <laughs> yeah. And <I> was <laughs> it has to, that much of an impact. I was about to say, and you don't know how far it could go either. Because yeah, Cooper does that's a what great I loved job about it so of, much. Like, it's not like you're going to bend over my knee and spank you. It feels like he could fucking kill all of them mm-hmm. and like get away with it. Like yeah. dude, you have no idea like where you're kind of in the He's best. He's so manic. Dude, and it ends the best way with them just sitting on that. And then you see him coming back and you still don't know if this is it. Yeah. It, oh, it's shit. Is this going to keep going? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. No, it was good. I like and I think this is going to be a film because I had it at three and I've seen I saw it and I thought it was going to be like five or six for me. And it's kind of mm-hmm. it sat with me for a while. And I'm like. I really feel like this is another PTA film where I can hop back into it. I'm going to want to watch it again. Very, and yeah, very lighthearted, very easy, easy to digest. I like, but you get a lot from it. There's a move. There's some movies where you just kind of, you're in the events, like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. even if the ending of that. It's very comparable. It isn't in there. If you took that ending out, I would still fucking love that film. That ending didn't, and there. The conflict in that, there's about as much conflict in that as there is in this one. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I love going through day-to-day life with people and just seeing it's the strain of what you're trying to do. Because ultimately, it was, it's Cooper it's, or you know Gary Valentine trying to fall in love with this gal and mm. get this gal to fall in love with him. And she does. like She likes him, but they it's you know kids. You don't know how to... Yeah. There's no meshing point. You don't know everything's so uncertain at that point and there's so much else going on it's though. So like yeah, it's very uh adolescent focus. Very it's sort of like in that mindset of like oh they're just still kids. Yeah. They see the world through a lens that adults no longer see the world through. Yeah, but they're doing like some crazy ass adult things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, so anyways, they're I They're still uh, like very immature about certain things happening. Oh, yeah. And it, it plays out really compelling in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I shit, dude. I had this movie at like a seven. Us talking about it now and me learning like a little bit of the context. I think I might have to bump it up to an eight. I that's what it's gonna probably it's gonna sit at that for me. I have it at three just because I know I'm gonna watch it again. I'm gonna wait till it comes out to Netflix or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just want to watch it again and just kind of go through it. I mean, after I read that stuff, because I, I I rented this um for five bucks or whatever mm-hmm. and i watched it and like i said the first time i saw it i was kind of like you i was like man but then i really like bradley cooper uh i really like the pinball thing i was looking up that i, did, I was like is there was there really a reform that brought pinballs back <laughs> yeah and then you and then it brings up you know pta wrote this about his friend his friend gil martin or whatever the guy's name is you know mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes in and he attributed this and then they break down the characters and uh there wasn't like a joe wax but there was a councilman at the time that was running 
Um, and that's why they brought him into the film, you know, going over what wax, whatever wax is promising. So. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, Safty. Yes. I, yes. I was going to say, yeah, Benny Safty, dude, he's making it, he's making it big. Our boys going places. I man. love it, dude. I saw him. I go, I go, that's a Safty brother. Did you hear, um, there's like a report out that Adam Sandler is going to do another movie with them. Oh, I hope so. That'd be sick. Oh, that'd be sick, nasty, gross dog. Sick, <laughs> sick, nasty, cool, man. <laughs> All right, all right, yeah, we we should uh, we should parlay on that film. Uh, See it again. We should parlay on it. Is that how you how you do it uh, with the sport bet? Sure. <laughs> oh, is this our DraftKings promo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of gambling, sports bets, and pinball reform, this episode is sponsored by DraftKings. <laughs> Download DraftKings today to fucking line up or whatever. Yeah, do you think gambling is really a game of chance? Mm. Or it could be a pinball spot. Well, don't take a chance on missing out on these sweet picks for DraftKings. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> well, we got to do our own. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> eight out of 10, eight out of 10. I, yeah, I had it at a seven. I think I'm going to bump it up. Okay. Perfect. Um, I, I'm not. I I really I think that'd be the wise decision because I think when we look back on this film, you're probably gonna end up watching this thing again at some point, and it's gonna it it's gonna sit like an even finer Dr Pepper. Oh, ooh, that's that's asking a lot because I love I love mm. Dr Pepper as you can see by my stack of empty cans by my monitor. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. You got a little wizard staff going. Yeah, that's called depression. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, doctor helps you out? <laughs> Not a real one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, we can we can move on. So uh, the only ones left are the Power of the Dog and Drive My Car. So you want okay. to talk about Power of the Dog? Yeah, we don't even have to spell. I, <clears throat> I think we talked a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, didn't we? I thought we did. A we little. talked about it not recording. Uh, we talked oh, about it at Red Robin. That's right. Um, yeah. It's nice that it like blurs like that, you know, the the conversations that we have during the podcast and outside the podcast. <laughs> yeah, because uh, <laughs> all, it's, it's it, it all feels the same. And that was kind of the goal when we first started. Well, I mean, did we? Yeah. Well, yeah, we talk about a lot of films. I mean, it's just how we you it's know. just this is how our friendship is based on, basically, which I'm totally cool with. Uh, we should have started a film club at Sam's Club when. Because there are a couple people there that I talked about movies really? to now. Yeah. And I'm like, we should start a film club with just the three of us. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Every Tuesday night, bring it. Well, I, then we don't have would, to recommend films it, anymore. It would, yeah. It would literally just be us talking. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be, yeah. Well, they get the. They That's can all the club would be. <laughs> turn in the conversation with this. Uh huh. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Power of the Dog. Uh, mm-hmm. I, once again, I there's been a lot of mismarketing, I think, that happens. Um, I think uh, what do you mean another one. with this mismarketing? Yeah, cause, well, because I didn't, I didn't really know much about this film going into it. Like Did I didn't see, see any marketing, so you didn't see. That's what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. This this had the backdrop of a western. Mm-hmm. And you had Plemons, and obviously there's a gruff uh, cowboy, Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. and it has its cattle ranchers. So you know, I think like Unforgiven, I believe, was kind of as along those lines of cattle ranching or. Maybe not. I can't remember. There's, you know, some of the old westerns. They take yeah. it's guys out in the frontier. Fuck, man. And there, it's like <laughs> here we go. We guys got, being dudes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
one of my favorite pastimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kind of a reference to what happens in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be like, you know, it's. I thought it was gonna really be not a shoot 'em up. I thought there'd be a little bit more Plemons plays. Little, yeah, a little bit more tension. Well, I, yeah, I thought Plemons would be like the sheriff of the town, and Cumberbatch is kind of a, a rough, rough rider, mm-hmm. you know. And there'd be a little bit more strife going on between them, and that yeah, tension, and you know, it is definitely not like that no, at all. No, it's very much. I kind of described it as. Um, <laughs> As uh, what did I say? Uh, Brokeback Mountain meets There Will Be Blood. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the character that Benedict Cumberbatch plays kind of reminds me of Daniel Plainview in a way. He's very mm-hmm. like ruthless and sort of in your face about. It. He's a little more. I like, see the worst in people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a lot more like uh, obviously mean than I would say Daniel Plainview is. But it's a sort of sentiment that the characters share towards other human beings it yeah i was about to say i guess in the position that he's in he has to because he is supposed to be the alpha of the group Mm -hmm. so he's got a herd and you know in in a group like that where guys or boys will be boys yeah he's very like obviously unpleasant yeah he's gotta he's gotta lead that charge on like i will you know fuck with you yep or take out the with part he kind of he yeah he does kind of like to fuck with people and like play these little mind games sometimes when, yeah like when kirsten dunce is like outside the house and he like is through the window and what does he do to mess with her he like whistles at her or something he's doing something he's playing a tune i yeah. think he's playing a tune or he was there was one time that she's on the piano and he comes in and he's got his like ukulele or something and yeah he it's plucks, like a banjo yeah he plucks at it and it's mm-hmm. kind of you know he's just obviously judging yeah you know and mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things i don't know if it's like i can like obviously i can do this better than you can i don't yeah, yeah. so anyways um just kind of swinging his big old dick around yeah you know, you know doing what cumberbatch does out in that <laughs> river <laughs> yeah um so so what did you think of this movie overall i it, it i well one of once again I, I thought it was mismarketed or at least wasn't very i think it's very hard to describe this film. This is obviously a character study of a uh, guy that's put in a position of leadership and male dominance. Mm-hmm. And he obviously has, a, well, not obviously, I take that back. I had no clue until I kind of had to do some reading on it. Um, <clears throat> different sexual orientation, or at least yep. what it is like. Or at least um, like is is coming to terms with his sexuality. Yeah. And um, there's, you have Bronco Henry. Yep. Uh, that was somewhat of that leader that makes you feel that that's kind of what happened, how Cumberbatch got ingrained into this mm-hmm. uh, world. And I, it's hard to market that, I would say. So I had no idea what I was going to watch. And when I watched it, I had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. There was a couple scenes or cues that kind of let you know that, um, hey, he might be a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. And. I didn't really pick up on that till the very end. So yeah, right. Like it to me, it, this movie kind of felt a little unfocused for what it was trying to go for. Because I didn't a lot of reading between the lines. Well, obviously, the biggest theme in this movie is that like he's he's got like homosexual feelings and he's like coming to terms with them. Yeah, and he's like finding himself attached to this this like kid that he's training basically right. i say kid it's cody cody schmidt mcphee who's like i think 18 in the movie i hope so yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um well it was different back then but then like 
a lot of the like first half of the movie is very much focused on Kirsten Dunst and her kind of conflict with Benedict Cumberbatch. And so that's what I assumed the whole movie was going to be about was like that sort of thing coming to a head. Maybe like she becomes a drunk, like she like confronts him one day while she's in a stupor and he's like really snarky and dark to her. And like he, like she kills him or something. Like I thought it would like build up to something like that. Right. But then that kind of feels like it piddles away and it focuses more on his relationship with her son. Mm hmm. And she's kind of like in the background, like being a crazy drunk. Meanwhile, Jesse Plemons, I feel like he was like a big part of like the first like 50 minutes of this film. Mm -hmm. And then he just like drops out. Like you don't see him for like an hour in the runtime. And then like you're wondering to yourself, like what did he leave because she's a drunk? Did he like leave her and like go somewhere else? Like what happened? And then he just had. Then you see him at the end, and it's like, holy shit. He just shit. took on more power with the with the town, I think. He just had more responsibility, and they, I think it teeters off um, once the relationship gets established, as obviously maybe uh, it was through Cumberbatch's perspective, mm-hmm. and he was attached with Plemons. Yeah. And you get to see the jealous, the jealousy and maybe the envy or the rage that Plemons can find a mate. Yeah, you know, of, he can't really do he can't, something like that without being... Yeah. obviously like persecuted or whatever yeah so you got where you know cumberbatch and then we kind of start now focusing on the relationship with the kid mm-hmm. and obviously all oh, he, he he's starting to and it's yeah. growing but the mom the mom never leaves that's why she's always in the background and he never really cared about plumbing anymore so he gets faded out because he's no longer attached or jealous or green you know it's mm-hmm. i've got this in my life and now he, it's got to get the mom's got to weed her way out because obviously the kid's still attached to her that's why she's still in the picture yeah um so i think maybe that's why they did it looking back on it i mean that'd be my guess i wish i kind of wish i knew what was going on throughout this whole thing i think it would have been a lot more interesting for me yeah there's so much reading between the lines and there's um, a lot of like implications yes and and i I like the fact that it does that you know it doesn't treat the audience like it's stupid no i agree with you have to figure out a lot for yourself right and i yeah and that's maybe i i think i think my issue with it was i i had a totally different idea going into it Mm. and i couldn't get off that idea right and by the time I did, it was already a little too late. Yeah. Like, I think some of the cues that happened, I was like, they're not going that way. And then by the time I was like, oh, they are, I had, I'd missed a lot of other important probably information. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I don't, there's a lot of visual mm-hmm. aids in this stuff too. So, I mean. Yeah. I like where the story ended up ultimately, but I do still think it was like a little unfocused mm-hmm. for the majority of it. Um, but yeah, I know I, I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the the characters. I thought their dynamics were interesting. I especially like Kirsten Dunst in this movie. I thought really? that she yeah, I thought that she was like compelling. Oh, is this where we disagree? <laughs> I didn't even I <clears throat> I did not. Is this where we part ways? Well, <laughs> I didn't. No, I'm saying I didn't. I, <laughs> you didn't. She didn't really stand out. to she you. She didn't do anything for me. It, I got. She you. was just there. So I mean. Yeah, maybe I'm just so used to only seeing her as Mary Jane. So seeing her as some other type of character was kind of refreshing. Um, Probably the first time you've seen her in a while. See, I think. Well, I'd... I guess she was in Eternal Sunshine, too. Oh yeah, but well, I... just one. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I did it again. Oh shit! <laughs> no fuck no. <laughs> 
Charlie Kaufman, you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, she was just there. I didn't really care for it. There was one of the, the, the biggest moments of tension that I thought were built up didn't even make sense to me. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that I think I missed on because I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily p- paying attention to the dynamic of the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think in a, a movie like this that's adapted from a book, obviously a very metaphorical or powerful, you know, symbolic. I mean, I don't know exactly. Very thematic. Yeah. You know, and I think you have to, in a movie like this, you have to, you have to pick up on stuff like that. Yeah. And that's why I think that one scene really just didn't make sense. And then past that, she just turned into a drunk. But at that point I was like, she's out of the picture anyways. (laughs) Like who cares? And then Mm. it kind of, it all just, yeah. See, I'm always compelled when characters sort of fall apart and kind of just become like, disheveled versions of themselves and they don't have it all together anymore and they're just kind of like you know going through it in a haphazard way yeah but like did they really expand on that she just that's why i'm saying it's unfocused yeah the movie's very unfocused i was about to say because she she just turned into the house drunk yeah but i i still like her performance sure i'm Um, not uh, i'm just saying there are there were things that just didn't make sense or click for me and it just kind of spanned time Yes. Without rewarding, it, it wasn't I rewarded, mm-hmm. and you know you get to those points, and it's like it's very muddied, and then it takes you out of it a little bit, and you're trying to figure out what's going on, and you don't know that you know Cumberbatch is holding hands with the kids, so yeah, you know until it's too late and he smokes a cigarette. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, oh, yep, sharing that cigarette. I was about to say, gayest cigarette ever, <laughs> fucking killed him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, people. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh man! Um, yeah, so. so yeah, we don't have to go too much more into it. Is there anything else you wanted to nope. touch on? Nope. Um, what would you rate this one? Um, probably seven out of ten. I mean, I'd say a solid seven out of ten, just because I missed the mark with potential. I mean, maybe not solid because it it could have potential to go up or down. Mm-hmm. I think I could rewatch this again and pick up a little bit more. I think the dynamic, the character study, and then I, the dynamics between the characters. I think are a little bit more rich than I give it credit for. And I'm not trying to sound fucking snobby or anything like that. But I mean, like if you watch a movie like this, you definitely have to, it's not a Michael Bay film. So you definitely have to have appreciation for that stuff. But Mm -hmm. if you go into it knowing that, then you can appreciate it and only have to watch it one time to get it to an eight out of 10 fucking corporate America. Um, Corporate bastards. Sons of bitches. Yeah, I think I'm in the same exact position. I give this a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Um, sort of an unfocused film, but I appreciated uh, what it went for, and I liked where it ended up. Yeah. So there you have it. We're at the last one. We're at Drive My Car. We're doing it. Drive it, baby. Drive. We're driving this conversation towards the last film on the list. Yeah. What? So uh, what did you have this one at? Remind me. You had it kind of lower. This was an 8. Okay. This started out at 10. And then I was like, oh, I definitely like West Side Story less than this. So then I went to a nine. And then I was like, don't look up right there. So mm-hmm. then I went to eight. And then it sat there and I was like, power the dog versus drive my car. I was like, I don't think I could spend three hours again with this film. Right. I think this was my number four. Mm-hmm. It um, was. So uh, I'm glad you remembered because I sure as fuck don't. <laughs> um, I, this was the last film I watched. This was this is the most recent one. I watched it yesterday. Yeah, I watched it two days ago. Mm-hmm. So it's still super fresh in in my mind. Um, 
let's so i guess the basic premise is uh it's about this guy uh so this is a japanese film and it's about a guy who he's like a, a playwright but he's also like an actor he like acts in in plays and theater. i would say yeah he does his own playwrights and then he can he has the ability to mm-hmm. yeah he's he's a he's a writer through and through and um He's in this relationship with this this I think it's his wife, right? Yes. Their husband. Yeah. So and his wife Oto. Oto is uh is someone that he has like this deep connection with. But then he he comes home one day, he finds that uh she's <clears throat> excuse me, she's cheating on him, but he doesn't say anything. Mm. And so then he finds out that he's got uh glaucoma in his left eye, so uh he can't like properly drive sometimes unless he keeps putting eye drops in and so uh he comes home one day and he finds out that she had a brain hemorrhage and is dead on the floor yeah and then it cuts to two years later and he's in production for uh this play and then one of the people who auditions for it is the guy that she cheated on him with Mm -hmm. and so there comes that conflict while at the same time the company is forcing him to use a driver to go it was back and budgeted. forth. Yeah, it was budgeted uh, to go back and forth from his hotel, which is an hour away because he likes to do rehearsals while he's in the car. And so he starts to form that connection with the driver. A lot of character interactions happen. And that's sort of where the story goes from there. I felt that. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, because I'm curious as to your take on it, because <clears throat> I... This definitely felt like something that you'd appreciate with the character development, uh, the story, the the conflicts happening between the characters, uh, these little moments that mm-hmm. you're just living in, and how much it, their dialogue really expands onto some of their philosophical like beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, or like how they feel about life, or and just these little time. So, anyways, let's get into. Uh, I'm gonna get into my biggest issue right now. Do it. Movies too damn long. Fuck, dude. Are you kidding me? It's three, fucking three hours long. I turned that on. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to watch Drive My Car, man. I'm kind of looking forward to this. And then I I hit it like on HBO Max, and I looked down, and I go, fuck. Yeah. I I, I saw the runtime, and I, I was going to start it, and then I decided to put it mm. off until it was the last one. And then I started the movie, and I told myself, okay, this runtime has to be justified. There's got to be a lot that happens, and there's going to have to be uh, a reason for it to be this length. And there really isn't a good reason for it. it. A lot of it is a lot of droning shots that look good. Like, yeah. I really like the cinematography and the way this movie shot. I think it's filmed it's gorgeously. Beautiful. It's, like, on par with one of my favorite films, Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that you say that. Mm-hmm. It was, reminded uh, the, me a lot the of that relationship. Movie. I, that's why I thought you were going to like this. Yeah, and I do, I do really like it overall, but I do have an issue with the runtime. Of course, I don't think could, it's there's justified. so much fucking fat that could have been trimmed. They could have easily trimmed this down to probably two hours. Uh, I think the the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Kenneth Brugga uh, the one there was a, the one scene with the sign language chick in there. Like I was like, I don't even know if this needs the mm-hmm. like that didn't even feel rewarded. <laughs> there's a lot of times where it's just like I think the bar scenes with the guy were like no like important. Yeah, um, like the scenes were important, but they they would like they drag. drone. They would drag. They drag. They yeah. You could have cut that time down. Have the lines maybe delivered a little bit faster. Put some like oomph behind the characters, maybe like have a good like back and forth. But the way they shot it, it just it felt so droning. I think 
they were trying to they were trying to encapsulate a depressed person and kind of like that mundane sort of going through life. Yeah, yeah, like just you're you're just gonna be with this guy. Yeah, this and is like just he, it's not care about shit. This is life as raw as we can portray it. It really well for this character. It, I'm glad you said that because I don't believe there was a soundtrack or a score in this thing. There were a couple moments of music. I know because I thought the same thing. Right? Yeah. I'm like, is this gonna be a movie without a soundtrack? Yeah. Which I'm okay with, but I was just curious. And there are a few moments of music. Like one I remember is when they're holding the cigarettes in the in the sunroof. Oh yeah. When they're driving. Yeah. Already agrees. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could go for one right now. I think that's what his plea was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fuck this nicotine patch. <laughs> <laughs> Get me off the fucking chant things. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, he's howling at the moon for one of those things. Why'd you have to bring that up? You know how Artie is. I know, I know, I know. I just, yeah, it, it's a touchy subject for him. So yeah. I, I should have known better. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Artie. Um, but no, there was there was music in that scene. And I think maybe a couple others, but I don't remember it's exactly. Not, it's not, I don't think, it's not enough in this film to be noticeable. Let's just say that. It's yeah. not like, I was walking to work when I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh man, I don't even think I remember any music. No. And I, it really just wants you to, that's half the reason too why it drags. So, I mean, you're mm-hmm. living in this state with these people, and the only guy that's actually someone that's kind of fun is a guy that you, no one likes. Yeah, right? The fucking cheating douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my biggest issue is the runtime. And then I, I kind of wish there were a little bit more, I guess, expressions in some of the characters. Like the, <laughs> the girl that was driving him back and forth. Like one of the more major characters. Like I don't think she... And I guess that's the reason like her, like what her character is and like who she is. But I don't think her character, like, smiles at all, like, once in this movie. She's very, like, stone-faced and sort yeah. of just cold. I, I would at least one moment of, like, character expression or emotion. Because, like, I compare this movie to Columbus because it's shot in a very similar way and has a very similar tone. Right. Like, just character relationship movies that are shot in a simple but gorgeous way. Right. The reason I think I love, like, I love Columbus and I think I like it a lot more than this film is because the characters are very expressive. The characters are very emotionally driven by what's happening in the story. Right. Whereas this film, a lot of the time the characters seem like the way that they're reacting to things is very kind of surface level robotic almost. Okay. Um, and that's not always the case. Like for example, the, the guy that, uh, like she cheats on him with or whatever like him the the supporting actor like he had a decent amount of emotion like he gets angry he gets fed up he becomes like kind mm-hmm. of a child in ways like he throws a tantrum but other than that like there's not too many scenes and of course like the joy on the the faces of like the the deaf girl and like her husband who's also like part of the like always smiling. team of judges yeah they're always like smiling and in a good mood um, you get like little moments of those, mm-hmm. but you don't you don't get a whole lot of that at all, right? Throughout the movie, it drags. Mm-hmm. It three hours of dragging. Yeah, and I don't think that helped with the runtime either. No, one bit. No, that's it. I, there's a lot of uh, yeah, unfocused Mac in this. <laughs> um, I was yeah, that was me watching Belfast. Like I don't, I never fall asleep during movies. No, I've no. I. 
I didn't fall asleep during Belfast, but I wanted to. You're like nodding out. I wanted to fall asleep. All right, like I'm ready to during that movie, which I was surprised I didn't want to for this one, but I did. I did feel the length of the runtime for sure. Um, yeah, I was very. I think the only thing that made me curious is where it was going or how it was going to end. I was very. I shouldn't say very because I was getting tired, but I threw this. So my problem was I threw this on at like eight eight thirty. No, I was like, no. Hey, we'll throw on a two and a half hour <laughs> You're movie. Be done at midnight, and it was like we're right at the end of this thing. I don't have an extra fucking four days. Like it's now or <laughs> never, right? I was in the same position. So I'm like, I was like, eight thirty, two and a half hour movie. We'll go to bed ten forty five, eleven o'clock, three hours. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck, who wants to watch this shit for three hours? And I kind of knew, like, the synopsis, it says the guy is mourning over his dead wife, so he hires a driver to drive around. And I was like, three hours of this shit? Like, (laughs) fuck, man. (laughs) Like, The reason I think I like this movie a lot is because there are a lot of moments that are really compelling for me. Like, my favorite scene is when he and the guy are in the backseat and they're having that conversation, that revelation that he knows that he slept with his wife. They both know. They and both know. He knows too because he's going to tell him the story. Mm, and so they, he's going to finish it. And, you know, so they are both now sharing this without actually saying anything. And the way that it's shot is just like back and forth in the backseat, but it's, it's not like an over the shoulder shot reverse shot you know right it's not like that standard thing it's very like focused on those characters it's raw you see the emotions in their eyes Dude, he's like tearing up and and the the dialogue that's being said back and forth and like the sort of uh, just the attitude that the the guy who's telling the story has uh, that scene was so encapsulating to me and i really enjoyed that one that was my favorite one in the movie by far i think there are a lot of scenes that you could probably dice out of this thing Mm-hmm. And sit down and watch those scenes. Yes, I, that's the fat that I'm talking like that. But that was a very raw. That was very raw. That was very powerful. It was a very because uh, you're you're sitting through the movie and like all these things are happening, but they're going at such a slow pace. And then this scene like comes up, and it's like it kind of sneaks up on you in a way. It does. Well, he goes because he's talking to him, and he goes. You know, because he goes, I want to know more about Otto, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, well, you know, we used to make love. He used to, she used to tell me these stories. And mm-hmm. I'd remind, you know, and he's like, but these are things that you'd never know or you'd never learn because you never loved her. And then he's like, well, there was one time we were talking about it. And that's when it's kind of like, oh, shit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, like, I fucked your wife. And then, it, you know, and he's sitting there and he's got to listen to it. And then it's a, a piece of his wife that he never had. Right. And he loves her wholly. So now it's something that this guy has that he'll never be able to get back. It's, yeah, and, it's such a gut-wrenching moment. And it's just like, and I the whole time the guy's talking, I'm like, I don't know if this dude's being a douchebag, an asshole, or just like, you know, as much as you've got to love her and as much as I am jealous of you loving her, like, I have a little something of her that you didn't have. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Are they mourning together? Is this this guy's little token over you know this the other guy? Like, it, it, yeah, it was that one was very um, very raw. It, it was is. one of those things I felt I my heart I kind of my heart was hurting. Yeah, and I was very confused as the the relationship those guys shared or mm-hmm. what was being. Co- yeah, what was, well, yeah, what was the emotions going on behind there? Did they, like, hate right. each other? Was there, like, kind of a shared moment of grief? Yeah. I feel like there was a lot of mixed emotions that you could take from that, and that's why I really enjoy that scene. Dude, there are there's a lot of things that they talk about. I mean, just those two together. It was very – I found it very 
I don't want to say Easterny, but like <laughs> it's it's bizarre because this dude's like he's so jealous that this guy got to have sex with his wife, like hates him, right? Mm-hmm. Cheated. You're a piece of shit. You know, it's the one thing that I, I'm always, and now I remember her for doing too. Mm-hmm. And he never had the balls to stay up and say anything. But this guy who actually had her loved her so much. He's jealous of, um, I don't remember. Um, though the main character. Yeah. Name. Um, so he was totally jealous of look it up right him. Now. And, you know, it was like, tell me more about her. I want to know more. I mean, she was gone too soon. I, you know, like this is a person I, and, and, you know, I don't know if it was a game to him, if this guy really loved her, you know, if it was part of the chase and he never got... Kafuku. Oh, yeah. Kafuku. Is the main character's name. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, was it, you know, what was what was that guy's relationship with his wife? But it was one of those things where, I mean, he kind of was like, you know, you're, you, you got to... <laughs> I think they say something along the lines of, like, you got to... Uh, you were selfish because you got to love her all by yourself mm-hmm. and you never had to share her with anyone. And other guys like me are looking at her, wanting her love, needing her love. And then he knows that they banged. Mm-hmm. And so it even makes it even more not precious, but kind of like, oh my, like yeah, yeah, like you still had her and he's still like, he's still totally jealous. Like it was, maybe it wasn't a game to him. Maybe he really did care for her and that, you know, that he felt used, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, it was very, it was very uh, not of Western thought. Yeah, I will say that mm-hmm. where we have our wives and they're yeah, like it's not you know it's it, you it's, you know it's not black and white, right? And I thought that was beautiful, and I I mean it sounds weird saying it, and that's why this film no, it sticks is. with I, me. But like um, that and their uh, consolation at the end, mm-hmm. their embrace that they have, yeah, um, I. I yeah, I really enjoyed that moment. Just and the moment too when the the driver is opening up to him about her life and her mom and and how abusive she was and you yep. get like that little bit of information as like she's driving him back one day and then it comes like much later. And it you're just like, hits. Yeah, it just And they both kind of just open up about these things that they're tortured by that just mm-hmm. and it just weighs on them too. I think that's what I, I think like talking about the runtime, I think it was purposely done this way because it weighs on you. Yeah, and it's supposed you're supposed to feel that sometimes. I mean, I don't know if I agree with it or not, but <laughs> I could definitely see that guy being like, "We're gonna, it's just let's just fucking slowly just jab this in," mm-hmm. you know. And by the end of it, I mean, you finally get to see him kind of like, oh shit, you know, like break down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like that was another thing too. I was like, oh my god, and he, you know, he says. Uh, you know, if um, if I had approached her, if I had been more of a man, if I had if I had if I had been true to her, I w- I could have I could have talked about this difficult thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he goes, when we used to talk after that, I couldn't really talk about it anymore. So they started going over the story, and that's why he left. He goes, that's why I killed her. If I had been able to approach her and and have that conversation, I would have stayed, and so she'd still be here with me. Yeah. And it's like this really tormented, like, you know, you're he was too much of a. a sissy (laughs) to talk about his cheating wife but he loved her so much that he can't bear he can't he can't can't, yeah he can't bear to lose her bear the weight of her gone yeah and it's just he's gonna sit here in this conundrum this whole time of the inability to act and how that cost a life and it's like Mm -hmm. just in the dude and the fact that was like you know it doesn't feel like that in the film because it drags so long but i mean (laughs) really like when you look back i mean it was like yeah it was 
for absolutely and i just i love that build up too to that moment where he breaks yeah. down because he's holding it all in the entire time yeah like just the emotions in his face you can tell that there are different emotions going on like in that scene where he's talking back and forth in the back seat mm-hmm. but you never get to see him fully release until that moment with that person that he like feels the safest with this yeah. this girl that he you know had just met like a few weeks before who's been driving him back oh. and forth and so you could say he was getting lost in his plays. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that'd be a fair, like that was his escape. And yeah. he just, he could, and that's, I mean, eventually why he started directing instead of doing the acting. Mm-hmm. It's because it was getting to be too much where he was losing it in the acting. So yeah. he had to, to channel it, to bear it. He could put it aside and, and just forget about it or come to it when he needed to. And finally, well, and it was someone he could relate to. Yeah, I mean, she had she, had she gone. lost something too. Yeah, and that was something that was just really. I mean, it was incredible. Like, dude, like they're just both kind of going on about this, and it's it was one of those things. Like, did it really have to take 15, 20 minutes to get to this point? <laughs> yes. Like, but at the same token, like, just it's so. I mean, it's. I don't know if I'd say. I mean, it's. It kind of would be like a real life. Well, maybe not, because they got on a boat and they did travel like one hundred fifty miles or like. Mm-hmm. Like they went a long ways to get to that house. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was quite the ways. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I, I don't want to say like really enjoy this film, but I thought it was like, I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I, dude, um, I will say right now when I wa- when I first watched it, I had it at ten, and now that I've even talked about it more, I think it's up to six. Like, <laughs> it's working its way up. Well, I mean, it do it, it marinates, and there's so much going on. But I mean, with the story of the wife and that mm-hmm. what she would tell after they'd have sex, and it's like, well, what does that represent in his life? Was he mm-hmm. the burglar? Was he the guy? Was he the token? Yeah, there's a lot of like different allegorical things going on yeah. with that story. It, well, and are they applied to like what's going on? Is he seeing Seeing it now mm-hmm. is is her like was her escape actually coming to fruition? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just there's so much to unpack and unwind, and a movie that you'd think because it plods you could figure it all out, but, but it's yeah, it still sits with you, and you're still wondering about certain things. Yeah, which is why I I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna yeah, I think it's up to six. Belfast is fucking down. <laughs> Pick the wrong one. Fuck you, Belfast. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> God, that guy sucks. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that can uh, that can be that. What would you rate? Drive my car. As of right now, it's a seven with the possibility to go to an eight. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but if I keep marinating with it, I think the day after and today, I've thought about it um, more than once. Mm-hmm. Where it just pops in my new ideas, popping in my head, kind of like I mean, even that what you were talking about that the conversation. I mean, that's just. All in all, there's just a lot in this film to unpack and look at and kind of examine, mm-hmm. and I think that makes it even better. Yeah, um, it's just tough to do it with the context or the subject matter. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think I give this an eight out of ten. Nice. Um, nice. Pretty comfortable rating, and I don't think it's going to waver too much at all. Nice. So there it is. That's like my nightmare alley. There we go. Boom. It's it's sitting right there. It's pinned it's not moving it is locked in place that's our new saying locked in place locked in place (laughs) when we're super confident about a rating (laughs) locked in place midnight in paris 10 out of 10 locked in place locked in place boom um so yeah that was that was a good talk that was a that was pretty much um a good somewhat thorough discussion of of all 10 best picture nominees yeah um 
I think we we learned a lot. We grew a lot. Yeah, yeah. We laughed. We cried. We laughed and cried. Um, I was we, gonna say we lied. We we pronounced Kenneth Branagh's name a myriad of different ways. Yeah, take that with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, let it marinate, much like drive my car. Ooh, yeah, seriously, guys. Uh, yeah, timestamp. I hope people get to that. Uh, like, let's see what they gotta say. The twenty minute shit talk. Shit. We did a good got. job of dividing it up. I think um, it's gonna be easy timestamps. Mm-hmm. Easy timestamps. Calling it right now. New catchphrase. New, new shirt. <laughs> I was just oh, about yeah. to say. Um. <laughs> Speaking of timestamps, uh-huh. this is where I'm going to put the timestamp for when you get to recommend a film. Let's go, bleed it. Awesome. Because the way we kind of formatted this was like you, air quotes, recommended all 10 you best pictures. You lost a goddamn bet. I, 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 had to, I got y- 10. Yeah. But it sounded like something that we might have agreed to do. Well, yeah, it was something that we probably were going to do anyway, yeah, even if I had won. Maybe not King Richard, but everyone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. <laughs> So yeah, no, I you it was gonna be your turn, so, so you get to here recommend. We go. Uh, I want to go with the PTA. Um, yeah, just because we talked a little about Lucas Pizza, I think after watching all these films, I want to say a movie that goes down smoothly. I don't know if it does, so I'm gonna give. There's two options, and I know you haven't seen either of them, but now mm-hmm. you've seen three PTA films. Yep. So there's still there's three that I think I've. No, there's two right now that I got in my head that I got up on you, but one that I know neither of us have seen. I'm going to give you the option of two. Okay. All right. So it's either Boogie Nights mm-hmm. or Magnolia. Mm. I I know a little bit about Boogie Nights. Okay. I know nothing about Magnolia. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick Magnolia. Let's do it. Awesome. So, Magnolia it is. I haven't seen it either. That's why I was like, oh. <gasps> Because I was going to do Boogie Nights, and I was like, I've seen Boogie Nights like 10 times, and mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about Boogie Nights. I know people that are listening right now, at least <laughs> two of them, would like to hear about Boogie Nights. Yeah. All right? So fuck off. Sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Get them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's do Magnolia. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Magnolia. And also, um, I know everything, everywhere, all at once has recently been out, so maybe we could... Catch that. Talk about that for next episode too. Everything. Where is it? It's uh, A24's new movie. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Is that the with the Chinese lady? Yep. Is it in theaters? It's in theaters. Yes. Awesome. I got a free small popcorn. Oh. You uh, contemplating the the worth worthiness of that free small popcorn no, now? No, it's well. I was gonna recommend. Well, maybe we'll talk. Maybe there will be a change. I don't know if we can change that or not. The Northman's coming out on the twenty second. We can maybe save that for the episode after. Um, I just have to save that free popcorn. I think I can mm. do it. What, does it expire? Exert. Does your, your free popcorn I hope not. expire? I got it from the Oscars. I thought they should have upgraded it to a large with the Will Smith slap. Oh, no. They, <laughs> they had to downgrade that shit because of the slap. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Cool. Everything, okay. everywhere, all at once, and Magnolia. Boy, that's going to be interesting. Yes. Uh, quite the lineup, I yeah, would say. Yeah, here we go. Uh Thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, this episode of the Neon Crew Podcast. You can find us on Spotify and YouTube. We're also uh, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, uh, yeah, definitely check us out. We also have the website, www.neoncrewpodcast.com. Things happening, places to be, but more importantly, podcasts to listen to. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, Mac, do you have any parting words? Yeah, yeah. When you're watching that paint dry, all right, when you're sitting behind that desk, all right, or even in that forklift, 
grabbing that three-ton pallet of toilet paper, just remember, WWTHD. Bye, everyone.